نشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الوالي الكريم وصلى الله على انبياء اجمعين والمسيح والمحسي والمجدد لمن مرسلين اما بعد Are we not the bearers of witness that nothing would exist if Allah didn't create it? And that He is alone and has no part? And that all gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the sustainer of all the boundless universe. All gratitude is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the generous eternal friend. And send salutations of Allah on all of His prophets and His apostles. And on the Messiah, the anointed one. And on the Mahdi, the God, and on the Mujaddid, the Reform, which was all sent from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We send greetings and we send peace throughout the boundless universe to all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi taala wa barakatuh. The man of the hour, airing seven days a week at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. On WGAG Radio.
your confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom and Ishmael of Moab and Hagar, Hagarim. It says the tabernacles of who? The tabernacles of Edom and Ishmael. The tabernacles of Edom. Now, what does Edom mean in the Bible? It means red. Wash up. Wash up. From where they get wash up top. From a French word, oh, she. From nest, she tush. U.S. Nest tush. A Native American tribe, the Neshitu, from the Oshi, we get Washi Ta. It means of the red soil. The same name as Edom. Same identification in Psalms. This is how our teachers must walk with us. They can't just walk with us with big words. They got to go to the blackboard and show it. They got to go to the scripture to show you the place. They got to break down the words and take you by your hand and walk you step by step across that burning sand. And when you reach that great arch and you look up at that cornerstone and want to make that step from darkness into light, you know when you get on the other side, everything you see is about you. There's no Freemason that walk that path that when he gets on top, don't find us standing there. Don't tell me about no star and crescent. You've been fooled. China's don't call it a star and crescent. They call it the claw of the paw of the Bengal tiger out of India, where Great Lodge is at in Lahore, Pakistan, where all your Pakistani Qurans are coming from. And on the altar in Lahore, Pakistan, in that great lodge, there is a Quran. Because it begins with a B. Mm. <laughs> and in London, where the Anglican church is, yes, where the Bible, holy as it may be called, sits on the altar, it sits there because it begins with a B. And in Israel, Israel today, where they're meeting in the Solomon room of privacy, the cloak and dagger room of privacy, where they fell back on the skull and froze and was ripped out from darkness back to life, the Tanakh or the Torah that sits on the altar in the lodge in Tel Aviv begins with a B. The 13th stone, the cornerstone. Who is called the cornerstone? Jesus. Jesus is called the cornerstone. The chief cornerstone is depicted in Rome as an arch. The 13th. But in our great seal, it's depicted as a pyramid with the cornerstone changed into the eye. Of all who knows of either Hor, Horus, or Osiris, both being under the eye 
rock who became the owner of all your churches. Amen. 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 You with me? A brother said to me that the pyramid on the back of the dollar bill was the great seal of the Moorish nation. I said, oh, sounds nice, same brother Hakeem. It sounds nice. However, why are we using an Egyptian pyramid if you're talking about people that was indigenous of America? Why didn't they put an American pyramid back there? There are pyramids here in America. We are the original mound builders. That's why I strategically brought you here to Eatington. You know that? Just last month, Geographic Magazine, we repeated an article about the Eagle Rock Mound built by you. It's less than 15 minutes from here. Close as I could get without being in the park. (laughs) (laughs) And on the top of that mound, and out of the Washington, they have a picture in the magazine right inside. They show it to you. They say that's one of the greatest symbols, the Eagle. What was that eat? Huh? That's called what in Native American culture? The great spirit. It takes all your prayers and messages through the stars, but it soars to heaven. It became adapted as an American symbol from the Phoenix. And the Phoenix comes from where they got the dove. You with me? Mm-hmm. And why they use the dove? Spirit. <laughs> They use the dove because the dove, when you take it and put it inside your bosom, goes into a coma state. It goes to sleep. Did you know that? Oh, that's why magicians use a dove. Because they put a dove in their hat. Now go buy a pet, go buy a pet, a pet shop and ask and find out what I'm trying to kill you. They put a dove out of the sun's light, it goes into a coma state. It refuses to move. If you pull it out, it comes to life and flies. It's your resurrection story. And they chose a white dove in Christianity when doves come in all kinds of colors and speckles, including dark brown, all tone. And they, they, they chose a descending dove coming down to light upon Jesus to remain with him forever. Going nowhere. Going to sleep. All of these are the mysteries. That's why that eagle is there. That mound is a landing point when the crash comes. That doesn't mean go out there and start standing around there. <laughs> that don't mean go out there and start standing around there over what you're doing. You might get zapped by the Anunnaki because they see your light, not your body. They see whether or not you are setting off a positive, pure, green light, the essence of all life on this planet, or you setting out an amber light. So you better remember Independence Day, all them fools that got up on that roof who thought just because they put on extraterrestrial costumes and say welcome, they got that. Don't think you can't get that if you're out there doing all kinds of devilishment and think they're going to take you with them home. Ain't nobody taking no drunken Stunk and drunk, they go home with them. Why should they take you back to risk so you can mess their crowd up? And bring your music and your loudness and your voices and your talk and your bad habits? Why should they? Muslims ain't going nowhere. People say, you always told us 144,000 Muslims. Right, the Ansar the law community, I said. Nobody else. Oh, soon he's singing about them. Some people are 
first love? That's spookism. That ain't reality. That ain't science. We're about science. Now you can say more is science, but yes, the Portuguese did call us in Portuguese Morenos. Now, the word negra. Come on with it. Where's it at? Come on with it. Open the Bible to Acts, chapter 13, verse 1. And you'll find that they were calling the followers of Barnabas, Jesus' original disciple, they were calling them niggas then. Right in your Bible. Come on, man. You got that Bible again? Acts 13.1. Come on, y'all. You got one? Acts 13.1. Let my brother read it. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. As Barnabas and Simon, that was called nigger, and Lucius in your Bible. And the Greek word there is nigger, with these. <laughs> nigger. The Greeks called them nigger then. No nigger didn't come from the Niger River. No nigger didn't just come from Latino people saying nigger. No, it's back in the Bible. They were calling Jesus' disciples niggers. Another one of those terms they keep giving us when we are not black. When you look at Osiris and Ra in ancient Egypt, they're coming down green. Why are the deities green? Go back and look at the books. Look at Pat, the name Egypt on the wall. Look at Tar, that's his name, Tar, Pat. Look at Hosea, Osiris, and you'll see that they're green. They're not black. They're not brown. They're green. Before the poison, before the iron of this atmosphere through the air got into your body and oxidized and rust you into ground. You could scream about being brown and all that kind of stuff. But you wasn't even brown. You think that's why, that's why a man makes so much fun of the green, I mean, the green marshes are coming? Green marshes. <laughs> right. Every time that man plays a trick like that, believe it, there's some truth in it. He's talking about you. Back to the other point, because I got so many, I got 76 trillion years of information. <laughs> I'm only supposed to give y'all 25,000 years, son. I got scrambled all in in 30 years. But back to the whole original, the original point. This is a French name. The tribe was the Shoshone. The Shoshone Nubian tribe. Why? Because Ben York's name was not Ben York. That was a name given to him. Son of York. His father's name was Ali. I know. It's my grandpa. <laughs> On my mother's side. They came here from Mali. You understand that? And was taken to slavery because he spoke all the dialects of the different tribes who came here. The Native American tribes that are here came because of a Chinaman named Ho Shen. When he got here, he met people that were already here. Woolly heads. Dark-skinned people that they call the Kakina. 
upon the Hopi from the Egyptian deity Hopi. And they marry and live with them in peace. And they produce what you see today as Orientals with slant eyes and round faces and light skin and straight hair. The giveaway is understanding the science of hair. Nine, the highest number. The zodiac does not have 12 signs. They didn't find the last two plants until after the 18th century. But they couldn't add 12 signs of the zodiac back in the biblical times. They only had six months in the year. That's why they made a mistake and said Jesus was born in the year one. But he was born in the month of June. Nula, they call the most high. You with me? So these people came over here, these Chinese, his name is Ho Shan, look it up, sailed to California, mixed in with us, and produced the Native Americans. The dead giveaway is in the hair. Don't get mad, relax. I'm not going to do nothing but tell you the truth, and I want you to check it out or call me a fool. I want you to believe nothing I said. It ain't worth it. Only Chinese and Native Americans have hollow hair. Did you know that? Did you know that they have hollow hair? Do you know that that's why Chinese can't curl their hair? We have orientals in the task. That makes me get first-hand information. We have Native Americans in the task. The head of the Shoshone, the high priestess of the Shoshone Nubian tribe is here. She lives on Quebec with us. For all of those here who are part Native Americans. That's her job in the family. Only Native Americans and Chinese, and that's only some of the tribes of Native Americans, have hollow hair. Don't believe me. Be amazed. Check it out. Or better yet, come out amazed and find out. (laughs) (laughs) Proving that it was the Chinese, and they go back to the Ming Dynasty. The Ming Dynasty, the people had nappy hair. The later Mongolians got the straight hair. They mixed in with people here on this continent with woolly hair and produced Native Americans. That's why some Native Americans look Chinese. Alarites from out in the western part of this country raped the what they call squaw. And that's why a lot of Caucasian Country boys also have Oriental eyes. I don't know if you noticed it. Their eyes look like they're Chinese, a lot of them country western singers. But they're in their blood. That's why they be cowboy pitch, they always have Chinamen in there. But they were marrying into them also. This is these now these are the, the, the these are real facts. There's a whole lot of facts out there, but there's a real fact too. Some people go check out. Now some of the people say, I'm not sure. Don't tell me about stuff and I'm not saying, Can you prove it to me? You say, Well, from what I heard. I was about to say, when the Declaration of Independence was being signed, some mysterious man walked in and told them, sign it. Yeah. And all of them signed it. Who's the mysterious man? We don't know. Don't tell me about that kind of stuff. Right. Don't tell me about it unless you can prove it to me. Right. I've been lied to so many times. I've been lied to Islam. I've been lied to Judaism. I've been lied to Christianity. I've been lied to the Robinson Seven Day Event. I've been lied to by so many different people. If you can't bring me no facts, keep it, John. Keep this, keep it. And if you're going to bring it, I'm going to ask. I'm trying to raise a group of people here that will ask questions. That's why we're the only ones who we started. Now everybody's trying to come on in and sit down and ask questions. <laughs> they don't care. They don't want it. They can't do it, my sister. They can't stand here and take it. 
They won't let me come up there and question the answer. Mm-hmm. No way. He said, bring, bring Dr. Yorkie, mommy. He said, that's demon, that's demon. I'll be all kind of But all I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm coming out there. This is not a fed. This is a cotton bush. Fed is a place in Morocco. Fed, there you go again. Fed is an Arabic word. They say this, fed. There is no such Arabic word as fed. It is a French word. The French Foreign Legion wore pheasants, which was a short cap similar to this with a brim and claw. And when they inducted the Algerians into the army, because they couldn't pray with a brim on the front of it, they tore the brim off. <laughs> you understand? And that's the short fence that you hear the Masonics use. Right. It has nothing to do with the royal tarbush. If you're going to sound right in front of the world, stand up and say, this is a tarbush. And this is not new in the Ansar Law community. It's not new. I'll show you a picture of me wearing a title bush in 1970. That's how we used to wear it. Long before we switched into Targis and Emmas, we were known for our feds, as they call it, and we kept saying, no, title bush, fed, title bush, fed is a place where, women, where, when the crusade was overpowered. The Muslims, they keep saying they won, they lied. The Knights of Genesis overpowered them and cut off Mecca and cut off Jerusalem. They had to reroute the pilgrimage to Fez. And there, the Freemasons picked up the headdress of the Frenchmen. The word. You want some more? Yeah. <laughs> this word here. The whole truth. Bay. Oh. It's not Arabic. It's no. Turkish. What are Turks? Germanic French people. The word comes from the from the Turkic word uh, B-E-G, beg. And it means a ruler. But it's not one of our names. However, the name El, which is mispronounced as Eel, like Faraz was mispronounced, can be found as El and and goes back to the name Ali, but there's no Bay, J, L, Al, Ali. L, Al, and Ali are all the same name. And it leads back to, you want some more? Yeah. It leads back to Ali, the, the nephew of the Prophet Muhammad, born 572, of Arabia, the so called Arabian prophet. His daughter, Fatima, married Ali. And Ali, the way they spell it in the shrine temple, is A-L-E-E, look at the man, is the one who initiated the Masonic Law or the shrine temple in this country in 1877, the year you say Farah was born. That's when they brought it here, when some noblemen, Caucasians, got initiated by the Saudi Arabian government to bring the information here. The Moroccan government did the same thing years before that to Americans. So you have a Moroccan lodge here, and they'll say more right on their feds. 
and you have the ancient Arabic order, then you have the ancient Egyptian Arabic order. One taking it down to the doors of ISIS, one taking it back to Saudi Arabia, to Mecca. They go to Mecca and they perform the ritual in Mecca at the Kaaba. They dismantle their camel bear. You understand what All of this is brought to this country and taught to you as real Islam for you. And as Mishi said, well, the Amorites used to respect us. When they saw you in the fest, they wanted to know, do you know what you were wearing? But when you put up the five-pointed star and crescent, they said, they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no sun to get in front of no moon. Ain't no five-pointed star and crescent to be a real symbol. Because a star is a sun. You can't get the sun in front of the moon under no circumstances. So it must be an illusion. It must be for confusion. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? What is the symbol? They think the shrine of symbol is a star and crescent with a sword on the top. It's not what it is. It's the claw of the world bang the tiger. That's what you see. Ask anybody who walks through the lodge who wants their secret. You don't know what to talk about. The symbol you're riding on is on the behemoth symbol. You know what the Bahamas is? The Mendez symbol. You know what the Mendez is? The inverted pentagram of the Ram's head? The man who wrote the book, the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus, from which the modern scientists get their Quran 37. He's the one who drew that picture of that creature. Look on the bottom and you see a name in the outside of the bottom of it. He drew a creature with fingers like this, and with a five-pointed star here, a half goat and half woman and half man, and with hands like this, and with a, five, a white crescent there and a black crescent there, and a star in his head. Talking about white Islam and black Islam is all under the devil. When they took it out of its pristine purity and then gave it back to you, tampered with. Not the laws. By the time they got into the picture, all they had was shrine information. They don't know nothing about real Islam, the religion of Allah, Ibrahim, and Hanifah. They know nothing about it. That's why the Muslim keep saying, no, religion is deen. It's the deen of Islam. The deen of Islam said, no, it's Millah. Millah, holy, holy Quran, chapter 2, verse 130, says Millah. Millah, religion of Abraham. No, no, you know why? Because you say, Abraham before Moses, they couldn't explain what his religion is. Because his religion would be Nuwapo. Oh, yeah. And they can't explain that. They got to get after Moses to get to a religion. Because Moses, according to them, received the Torah. And the book of Leviticus, Leviticus gave them their first law. And then the New Testament came after that. So the Christians get their religion from the New Testament. The Jews get their religion from the Torah. And the Muslims get their religion from the Quran. It came after the Injil, as they call it, for the New Testament. So what was Abraham's religion? They don't know. And they can't know Abraham was a Muslim. Prove it. Show me in the Torah. Well, that's because he prostrated. Okay, sounds nice, doesn't it? But he prostrated before you became Muslim. So it's not that he is a Muslim because he prostrated. It's you Muslims stole his prostration. You got it backwards. What makes Abraham a Muslim? Circumcision? He had to be taught that, and that was a Babylonian custom. What makes Abraham a Muslim? They don't know. They can't prove it. 
The Holy Quran speaks of Abraham's books. We gave Abraham the book. Say, where's Abraham's book? They don't know. They don't have it. Yet you want me to follow you and say it's rightly that and I should base the whole, my whole life on your translation of a Quran or your translation of a Torah and you don't have no facts. I'm supposed to live until I die on this, on his hopes. I need some facts for my soul's sake. And for the souls of my children and their children, I need some facts. I don't need no more myths. Make things clear to me. And I told y'all when I came on the scene, I came to step on this. <laughs> People are not going to like me. But I'm a made man. Made for you, not made for the Masonic Lodge. Made for you. I have been prepared to answer questions. That's why they made me. I was born speaking 19 languages. I was proud. I don't want to be this. I would, I would, I would prefer being Dr. York a singer. They talk about Dr. It's more fun than this. <laughs> but I came programmed with information to inflame you. So get your power lit up again. Facts. Get you jumping again. Get you moving again. Get you alive, Rathers. Now when you go out there, you go out there and you say, no, 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 no. That ain't no fed, brother. That is a... And then we can go to the dictionary and look that up. <laughs> Say, no, that thing bad. It's there. We ain't no bay. Bay is Turkish. We ain't no Turks. Turks are European. We are eel or elf. And that eel or elf was waiting for Geb. Remember Geb? They come from Shu. When Shu the God up here comes down to Geb and you put the elf. Gabriel. Nusku. Waiting for the incarnation of an angel in flesh again. Do angels come in flesh? According to your Bible, it says right in the 11th chapter that the gods in heaven looked down and saw the mystics. So one of them came down to earth and then came back and told the heavenly father, man is mischief making. And they said, let's go down there and see what he's doing in your Bible. So some beings from up there came down here, and when they got here, what did they see? <laughs> and what did they do? They diversified the tongue. How hard is it to diversify the tongues? Is it difficult? No, it's extremely simple. It's called mass hypnosis. You can go to Las Vegas and send the audience of a magician who calls himself fraud. <laughs> and he hypnotizes the whole audience and has people acting like dogs and clowns and all kind of weird things without them even knowing. That's right. Asking why I went to Las Vegas. Because I wanted to see Luxor. I wanted to see this thing they built called Pyramid and the Sphinx. I want to see what they're doing without a way of life. Because if you don't use it, they will. They don't want you to go nowhere near Egypt. You know why? Because you can see yourself on the wall in Egypt. So they can't lie to you. They want you to call yourself Muslim because Muslims don't have no images. You see that game? So we call ourselves black Muslims, this kind of Muslims, Muslims, all kinds of stuff. But we can't show no pictures of ourselves to verify it. So people say, man, Muslims are Arabs. 
And Arabs don't have woolly hair, they have straight hair. They belong to the straight hair family, they're not one of y'all. You understand that? They want you to call yourself Hebrews because according to Hebrews, Torah is forbidden to make pictures. It's forbidden to make statues of yourself. It's forbidden to make images of yourself. They don't want you to be no Yoruba. They don't want to see no statue of Shango in your house. They don't want you to be no Santaria. When you see a Shango statue, they don't want that. You follow what I'm saying? But it's all right for the Catholics. To have saints this, saints that, saints and a whole bunch of white people statues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all right for the Muslims all over the Muslim world. And if you travel, and I have all over the world, if you go to Morocco now, you see King Hussein pictures all over the street. If you go to Saudi Arabia, you see the royal family and big posters, I mean life size and bigger. All over the street. themselves. But they'll tell you, don't take no pictures. They got mad when I did a picture of the Prophet Muhammad. He said, he's a black picture. Is he crazy? <laughs> but they know the power of a picture. You know the power of a picture and an image in the heart of a child. And if Genesis, it says, I paid a man in my image after my life. I made a picture of him and gave him my attitude. <laughs> they want to take away the picture and leave the attitude. I put back the picture and the attitude. I got people walking around saying, no, 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 no. He doesn't say he's God. All of us are God. (laughs) (laughs) There can't be a he is a God because the Bible and the Quran both uses us and we. That's right. right. So it all got, are we not God? Didn't Jesus say, is it not written in your law, I said, ye are? That's right, sure did. And all of you, the children of the most. Ah. Ah. There must be one from amongst you who is the wisest amongst you. There's not a person in this room, even even though some of y'all think you can, that can stand up and go toe-to-toe with me in facts. If you say you're Muslim, I'll switch right into Arabic on you. If you say you're Hebrew, I'll switch into Hebrew on you. Because that's what you're supposed to know. You will not stand up in front of me and take out a Christian Bible by a Caucasian named King James and tell me this is your Bible. You don't have a your Bible until one of you translates it. As long as it's a King James Bible from the Anglican Church of England, you ain't from England, you ain't Anglican, that's not your church, and King James Bible is not yours. So when Yahweh been Yahweh put out his own Bible, and all he did is took pitch, do some cartoons of black people, and stuff it inside a King James Bible and rebound it. That's not our Bible. You ain't got no Bible until you got your own Bible. So someone who's sensitive to your feelings translates one for you. Someone who find the word nigger in there. <laughs> And pass the chitlins is not going to tell you about no nigger in the Bible. Don't y'all, don't you get mad at me. I'm the best man, like I said before. I'm the best thing that happened to you. Right. For no other reason, if you ain't sitting there with a stuffing under a spell thinking I'm trying to hurt you, you get enough information to ask questions that might open your mind up. But 
you if you don't love you? Come on with it. How can I love your image if you don't love your way? Come on with it. Throw it hard point. When I see my beautiful Latino sisters, they have wavy hair. That is that's how they think their hair is what? Supposed to be. You got woolly hair, how's your hair supposed to be? Come together and love each other, respect each other for what you are. But don't try to make all the Latino sisters think they're white, all the Negro girls think they're white. And then we men, Latino and Canadian men are lost trying to find a woman.
It says in Matthew 24, where are we here? Okay. Verse 2, and Jesus said unto them, See not all these things. Verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be torn down. So if you're waiting for Jesus to come, you, he can't come until the temple is totally down. So Reverend was telling you Jesus is coming soon. Better keep his eyes on that wall. Because <laughs> <laughs> causing this prophecy, they were asking him what would be the signs of your coming and what would be the signs of the end of the world. Matthew 24. And he told him first the wall must come down, the whole temple. And the temple is not down. In fact, they are building on it right now. <laughs> They're taking it back. The Jews laugh when Christians say the Solomon's temple belongs to them. Solomon's temple is in the hands of the Knights of Temple. Freemasons control Solomon's temple. That's right. Freemasons control the pilgrimage in Mecca. And Freemasons walk control in the White House in Washington. That's right. When Benjamin Banneken built the White House in Washington, was a black president. George Washington was not the first president, he was a general. He was appointed president by a black man. Come on with it now. Come on with it. That White House is called White House. I'm saying that White House is called White House because i got to go to another language for you. Dar Bedar. Dar Bedar. An Arabic word meaning Dar, House, Bedar, White House. That's the, that was the original capital of Morocco. First it was Old Fet, then it became Dar Bedar, which they call Casa in Spanish, Casa Blanca, the white capital wow. house. And then it became Rabat, which is it now. But Dar Bedar. When did all that happen? It happened when you lied and said you chopped down the cherry tree and showed us the cherry tree was the first. And then you brought up a Moroccan flag, a big old red flag with a green Jewish star in it, a seal of Solomon, and told me that was my flag. And you told Noble Tree that you made him think he was getting something. <laughs> that is not the Moroccan flag. That flag was introduced into Morocco in the 17th century. It was all read by Hassan II. I studied in Morocco, in Arabic. There's pictures of me in Morocco years ago, any old ass, I'll tell you. Did I, did I study in Morocco? Yeah. I studied, I speak Moroccan, Moroccan dialect. I know the language. I was there in the university studying there. That is not the original Moroccan flag. Another lie that got to be gotten rid of. You can go and do the research. The Moroccan, they call them the Moravia group of French barbers, as they call them, brought in that red flag with a man called Hassan II. And the French put the star on it because these were French Jews. You understand that? Mm-hmm. Called the Sephardines, who lived in Spain also, and Portugal. They put the star. No, no, no. The six-pointed star is not the Jewish star. Open your Bible to Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. And you find out that that six-pointed star is called a molden Iraq, a shield. 
Molon means shield. Nuzzle means star. When they say the star of David, they are misguiding you. The word is Molon David, which means the shield of David. You understand me? That five-pointed star is their symbol. They don't go above five senses. And when they say, this ladies don't be uncomfortable. Okay? This is just for the ladies not to be uncomfortable. Men understand me. Overstand me. When they say, arm, leg, leg, arm, head, and say that represents a man, they're leaving out a very important point. Come on, man. Come on, man. Don't go there. I got to go there. You got to clear out the house. I got to do it. I mean, I mean, if y'all overstand, I ain't got to be go there. Still so, a little lingering at the darkness, and I got to be go there. Come on, wait. I ain't taking no help. Come on, wait. Let's point things out. Come on, wait. Don't tell me no five-pointed star represents me.
Psychology. Those are my bees. And the Eastern stars back them up. Because they're wise. Eastern star. The star out of the east. Five selected women. I see that look in your face. Five selected women. For what purpose? To protect Mary. What Mary? Do you know who Mary is in the, in the, when they get to the higher degree? Huh? You don't think I know it? Going to Virginia to my relative's house and walk and look on the mantelpiece and see all my uncles and them standing there in Freemasonry clothes in Virginia right now, standing next to President Hoover. Right? Who worked his way from presidency to the FBI. Because he was such a tyrant. He was a Freemason. They all stand like this. I have all the books. Come on, baby. What is he talking about? Talking about the book of Revelation. Where a woman is standing in a crescent. That's right. And the Christian will call her Our Lady of Fatima, the Blessed Mother Mary. Now, will you please tell me why the Catholics have adopted Our Lady of Fatima, a Muslim, the daughter of the Prophet Muhammad, for another name for Fatima, for, I mean, for Mary? Because they knew that Ali child. Would be born. Come on with it, Dad. They knew Ali was coming. A Mahdi. And that Mahdi would be linked with both one foot on the land and one foot in the sea. Right. No they knew he would have Africa in it and he would have America in it. They knew he would have the tongue. The two edged tongue to cut the lies. They knew I was coming. Yeah, yeah. I got 19 incarnations already. And I'm now receiving the 20th, the 21st, and the 22nd. Mm-hmm. You understand that, man? Noble Dwali, Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and Clarence 13. The three sisters. Now I'm receiving incarnation for them. Otherwise, otherwise, there'd be no reason for me in what I'm doing to take the time to do a book called Quran 37. Why? Do I need to be bothered? Do I need the arguments? That's right. Do I need the, the negativeness for coming in and taking a book that they've had since 1913 and nobody won't put it from this into this so it's permanent? Okay. Why me? Because Noble Dwali spoke to my heart and asked me to do it. Mm. said his flocks are scattered. Yeah, that's true. They, everybody wants to be him. Yep. All these self-righteous and self-acclaimed, some of them even call themselves noble Dwali. Stand up and recite his personal prayer as if it's there. As you know, they're doing it. Donald Elijah Muhammad spoke to my heart. I told him that back in 1990. Then he came and told me something. That's why these lessons are out. They clean up the mess for me, you son. Set my soul free. I'm bounded by this foolishness of Farad. Set me free. I said, okay. I'll take on the job. Stay in touch. Because I'm in danger to answer some questions. Because I know they're going to come thinking they can deal with it. All I say is if these books are not true about the total history of Master Farad Muhammad, then y'all produce one. 
or to tell us why haven't you produced one since 1930? Uh, why haven't you reduced, uh, produced a clear history of the man, his birth, his death, some more than a side photo of him, his fingerprint, his blood type, and everything he took? Why haven't you done it? Why, what are you keeping secret? Tell me more about Noble Juali than what you want the world to say. His name is not Eel. His name is not Bay. His name is not Day. His name is not El. His name is Sharif. And that's the, that's the family of the Prophet Muhammad, Sharif. The nobles. That's also the Shriners, the nobles. And he has Ali, the link to the angels. And that's why in the, in the roots of his teaching there are Ali. El's and Eel's are Hebrew. Are you with me? Straighten this up for me. Straighten it up for me. Pretty soon you have what's called a problem book. It's finished. I'm talking about within a couple of days it'll be coming back from the printer. Hard cover. The problem book. All the five percent lessons, plus lessons. All the stuff they taught in one book. Don't get mad at me. You need this. But them leaders out there don't want you to have all the information. They want to pull this out a couple of copies of the big lesson and give you some of the one in 20. That's right. And change little words. That's right. Teach you so like I tell Lord and Master. That's right. Knowing somebody can come along and make you look like a fool. There's nothing I'm going to teach you if no one can make you look like a fool. That's right. You take time. Just like you see it with this. I didn't get that down. Yes, you did, because I'm having a book, so you have one day. <laughs> so you will be able to use it. The problem book will be out. Get a copy of it. Why? Because seven spoke and said, straighten it up for me. When you get there, straighten the mess up for me. Set the record straight for me. Right? I'll try. So in my mission, I have to stop along the way and try to straighten out the mess of other people's missions. They can't do it with my teachings. I can stand up there and teach you all day about the Morris scientists and their knowledge of the Zodiac, Yaqub's father, and how they cannot prove that's his name. And why are you stay? I can teach you all day about the five percent. Which poor makers, I mean, poor writers, teachers, who's not even teachers, who's all wise writers, I can know who's doing it in God. But I'm not poor. I'm extremely wealthy. I couldn't put out a million books a year if I wasn't. So, you see these books coming out of y'all? That I put out. You ain't doing them, I'm doing them. You ain't giving me no money, I'm doing this for you. I'm not a money preacher. I'm a teacher. Because I know what the information age means. I know when you got this book of Revelation, you understand all the symbolism, because I wrote this thing down. How many languages, y'all? Three different languages. It's broke down in Greek. It's broke down in Aramaic. It's broke down in Arabic. It's translated in English. It's one book. The whole book of Revelation, all the signs and symbols, so you can see the meaning of the words. Right. Ain't no room for no jump. I know when you digest this, I ain't got to worry about the crap. I know when you digest this Torah, you can take the word, you see the word mentioned in the faith of the people, and get it. And Psalms, as they call it, is also, to him, is also Finch. And he's coming out. See what happens to Psalms to deal with. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So now in my mission of 
translating all these things, I have to stop and go try to solve the problem for the nation of God <coughs> about foreigners and solve the problem. It's happened to more sizable. But as an empress gets stronger and stronger in this Washita thing, she's going to need some serious protection. Because she got some profound stuff to throw at you. She's a beautiful old lady. She got some profound stuff. But it's dangerous what she's saying. Yes. It killed her whole family. Yes. They'll kill you for it. Because yes. it's fact. Like I said, I'm a kid to Ben Young. I introduced it to y'all in the cowboy age. And all the fools didn't even know what I was talking about. Why is it in cowboy clothes? Cowboy? Cowboy? Yo, boy, take care of my cow. Cowboy? Cowboys were the Nubians. Have you heard of Cherokee Bill? And there's no such tribe as Cherokee. That was a trick name. There's no such tribe as Sioux. That was a trick name. Oh, yeah. We were cowboys. We were wranglers. We used to lash them down the animals. They wouldn't go near the animals. They just became buckers. You know what they were called by us? And all they would do is practice hitting the animals with whips. Wasn't, that's what it got the name Cracker. Oh, we would walk up and talk to the animal. And then we could train the horse. We communicate with them, not with them. We were the cowboys. Cowboy boots came from a maxim, Mexico. That's who gave cowboy boots. Cowboy hats. It's called a Joe. You ever heard of it before? The round hat with a flat round brim. Indian Joe, they called it. Native American. Then the Amorite took it, punched it in, and blocked it, and it became a cowboy hat. The fringes on the cowboy clothes. Hebrews. Native Americans trimming. The eighth in the Masonic Lodge. Native American. And I must correct my young student here. You do find a third eye here in America on the headdress of Native Americans that is permanent right here. They all have right there. On their feathered headdress, you see a third eye symbol. It means what? But it does exist in the West. So none of that stuff belongs to them. If you take down the borderline from California to Mexico, walk here. This is their land. Now they're being treated like they're some kind of animals and beating the head with sticks. When, what, by people who don't belong here. Right. 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 Dead men. And don't think all y'all came from Africa. Let me repeat, that is not true. Look at some of these faces. Look at some of these noses. Some of y'all indigenous people of this land were always here. In what they call Atlan, not Atlantis. That's how Plato misspelled it. And it's, uh, and it's right now under the Bermuda Triangle. That's where it's at. The power center of our empire. Right. Our United Nations, where all the crap will come in and charge themselves. When I like drive over there with those metal ships, they get zapped right in. <laughs> you ain't ever no wooden plane or no wooden ships going in. They didn't start getting sucked into the middle triangle until they started going over there with steel. Mmm. <laughs> Things that make you go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all must be getting tired, hear me? Oh, 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 no. Okay. So the day has come 
Okay. Called the information age. And I've got to put information out. Don't ask me what is my miracle. You name another man that's putting out as much information as me. Name any one teacher that's translating all the scriptures. You get a book every day. Now you got the ancient prayer called Tafur in your own language. Now we need a name of that and a language being we need Arabic, somebody else's language. Or, or the Hebrew, somebody else's name. When a lot of black you said you need your own name, now we need our own land, our own language. You got it? Yeah. It's called Nuwapi. Learn your own language. Speak your own language, and nobody, anybody can ever correct you on the pronunciation in your own language. Ah. Well, when I hear Muslim, he says, uh, Alhamdulillah, I go, it's not Alhamdulillah, it's Alhamdulillah in Arabic. You follow that? That's what happens when Farrakhan and my brothers get up and they try to recite Fatiha. Alhamdulillah, Rabbi Alameen, Al-Rahman, the Arabs are laughing. And they won't correct them. He says, oh, when you say the wrong pronunciation in Arabic, you could be blaspheming and making all kinds of funny sounds. You notice that they like them. Even the word of the Muhammad study with Egypt doesn't pronounce things correctly. They just laugh at them. I want them to laugh at Nuwapit. And when you start speaking the Wapi, it's your language. They can't correct you. Don't you understand the importance of giving you back your own? You have your own stuff. Nobody can correct you but you. And you keep it correct. What leader in all the history of your so-called enslavement or abuse have given you a language? Nobody. They can't do it. Don't y'all see the miracle? Right. Yes, the miracle is in the information. Not in me going around popping things out of the air. And I have been known to do that too. <laughs> but that's not my job to do magic tricks for you. I am taking the meek and making them dumbfound wise. I want a congregation of people that read. Readers. I want you to read. I want you kids in school. I want you to learn to stop listening to junk music, stop messing, stop eating junk food, and get on the mind trip. I'm trying to answer every kind of question that can come at you from everybody, from any kind of religion, science, social studies, history, and extraterrestrial. Trying to do it all in a little bit of time. You with me? That's all I'm trying to do. To make sure whatever comes before you, you can deal with them factually. You flip right. this book over and they say, well, in the Bible, you say Genesis what? That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. You know, Genesis 9.25, first we got Genesis 9.25. <laughs> 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 okay, so we want to know. And then you can check that word. If you don't believe me, go get a strong accordance or a Hebrew encyclopedia, whatever you want, and check it. Because you always got to check it. I listen to people, they're kind of quoting from white man's books. White man's clipping. See this picture here? Right behind that white man is a black man, because he was always standing behind him. And he wasn't the servant, he was the teacher. Nigga, that was the slave. <laughs> Stop lying to people. <laughs> he standing right behind George Washington. He was George Washington's teacher. That was a slave. The Moors wasn't in bondage when George Washington was here. He wouldn't have to stand behind George Washington if they made a constitution that the Moors were free people in America. He would be able to stand right next to him. Right. Don't be telling them, and all these are drawing. These are all drawing. Draw my Amorites, draw my Caucasians. Say, see that? He just got a bit of fez on. That one got a fez on. They weren't afraid. 
themselves free, but they're still slaves. Prince Hall Mason is just as much slave as you are. Yeah. And they could be in a restaurant with a Caucasian Freemason who won't even acknowledge their presence. Mm-hmm. And we'll see the square numbers on their finger. On their hat, on their, they still won't acknowledge you. Won't give you a grip. Won't acknowledge you in darkness or in the light. So you're enjoying it into something they chose. You understand? Now you got your own grandmaster. Now you can answer all the mysteries of Hiram and Abyss. And it's not even Hiram's hating. I know the science of Joktun and Boaz, another B&M. You follow this information. But it's so frail. It is so fragile. It wants a Nubian or Nuwapian becomes a Freemason. He doesn't live any better. He still has a nine to five. He's still a slave. Hmm. Make that plan. What am I doing? I am raising you out of ashes. I am building a place, Egypt, right here for you. I am giving people jobs. <laughs> We're putting people in these books. People are buying these books all over the place. I say, go to the bookstore. I ain't open no bookstore. Then people are buying books all over the place. Average one of our stores make four or five thousand dollars a week. It's not my money. It's not for me. I gave it to them. Now let them open the store. They make the money. And they're supporting themselves. They open and close when they feel like. And as I'm teaching you right now on Sunday, all across this country and the Caribbean and South America and Europe, the people gather and they're teaching. And as you go there and you buy books and stuff, that's happening in their store. And you could have your own. Then buy your own house out here on the land with us. And be amongst your own. Let your children run free and safe under our protection, your protection. I know where my children are right now. I know someone's looking out for them right this minute. Some of y'all are down here. You might get home and find your house burglarized. I haven't locked my door since I lived there. I don't lock my car. I leave the car keys in ignition. Can you do that? No, so you ain't in Islam anyway because you ain't in a peace of mind. You live in an unpeaceful environment. How can you leave that peace of mind? You got that peace of mind to say that you're a Muslim. People say, y'all, we all are real Muslims. We just don't use the term Muslim no more. Because the term Muslim is synonymous with terrorism now. Because a bunch of demons got into Islam after Muhammad. Chase killed his daughter. Chased his family out of Arabia. All the hijabs into Egypt. Trying to kill all the real Muslims. Abu Bakr Sadiq and them were slime. They tried to kill Fatima. They wouldn't let Ali and Fatima talk to the Prophet Muhammad on his dying bed. It's in the Hadith. Aisha writes us. Something hadith to bring down the character of the Prophet Muhammad by semen on her clothes and stuff. In the Bukhari, in the Shafi, in the Muslim hadith. About him having wives at the age of seven and consummating the marriage at nine. That ain't in the Quran, but it's in the hadith. And when I told Muslims, I don't want nothing to do with the hadith, they got mad at me. You ain't no Muslim then. I don't want no hadith to tell me that the Prophet Muhammad was a low-life pervert. I ain't buying that crap. Right. And the Quran doesn't tell me to obey, obey no hadith. Quran says it's the best of hadith. The Quran says it's the best of sunnahs. Quran says Muhammad was the best of examples. So if Muhammad is the best of examples, then you're telling me I'm supposed to go get a seven-year-old girl and make her my wife at nine? 
I'm supposed to have 13 wives and the Quran says only have four. I'm supposed to kill men and take the women and marry them for booty. No. Somebody got in Al Islam in its pristine purity with their hadith and their customs and their traditions and they destroyed it. And it even happened in the Mahdiya in Sudan. When they was digging up my father's body, I said, you ain't supposed to dig up bodies. He was born, he was buried on a borderline of Ethiopia, but he was betrayed by Hala Salati. You understand? So I said, well, go ahead. He got to stay there. <coughs> they digging him so busy trying to be politically strong, they want to unite all the Ansars by digging up his body and moving it to the Kupa in Umdurman. Wrong! Islam tells us not to do that, especially amongst the Sudanese. And our family, the Dungalawa and Nala tradition, and the ancient bigger, we come from the fuzzy wuzzy, we don't believe in moving our day. You understand what I'm saying? The Israelites moved their dead, they moved Jacob's body from one in the world to the next. We didn't do that. When I saw them corrupting Mahdism, I put it down. So there's no place for me in it. When I saw them uniting with Saudi Arabia, the Ansars, come on, eat up. We're going to Sharm el We're going to Saudi Arabia and have meetings for money. I don't want their money. Say Sadiq hooks up with Hassan Zawabi from the Ikhwani Muslim, lets him marry his, uh, his daughter. And I say, this man is an Ikhwani, a Muslim brother, like them fools that blow things up. He's not no Ansar. We Ansars don't marry nothing but Ansars. What's your problem? So Say Sadiq is mad and he ain't related to me no more. Now I'm not related to him no more. <laughs> For over 20 years, Ansars from the Sudan would come to Brooklyn in the middle of the ghetto to see me. Were you there? They would come to Brooklyn, Bushwick section. I mean, prime ministers. They had the head of the Islamic education. They would come to Brooklyn to pray in that mosque with me and sleep in my house, said Sadiq. But the moment I went up against their political endeavors against my father with his Ummah party against the Mahdiyah, I'm no longer a Muslim now. They're all inside of my bedroom talking about hundreds of wives. I got one wife. When I was in Ansar, I had a whole lot of wives, but that's what Islam teaches. And them Sunnis were standing out there lying there also go from wife to wife. It teaches us to abuse women. Islam makes it easy to do. You can have four wives as many concubines as you can support. I was a wealthy man. I was a leader. It was convenient. But that's not in the waffle. That's in Islam. That's what it teaches you. The waffle, we don't have it. No polygamy or polygamy. You know what I teach? If you brother can have four wives, your wife can have four husbands. That's
But for the love of me, I could not get that across to my brother. Bilal Phillips and them conspired to write a book about me called Answer Call. The time they spent writing that book about me, they could have translated the Quran for themselves. The money they spent in pushing that book out, they could have had someone's dollar out. I'm just a nobody, remember? I'm just Dwight York, who converted in 1985 in State Street, just a nigger. So why is Dwight York? Just a disco singer so important that the Arab world of Saudi Arabia writes a book about me as I'm nobody. They don't have a book out on Farrakhan. They don't have a book out on Noble Charlie. So if I'm just a nobody, just a nigga, why is Saudi Arabia back a Jamaican-born American living in Canada <laughs> to write a book about me? And the book didn't address my teaching. It was all up in my business. They're so dumb that I wrote my signature wrong and put 19 uh, Arabic 7 in Sudan and like a 4 and 3 of the same Arabic. They're stupid. They don't know that. Because neither one of these, these are not, this is not an Arabic letter. This is not Arabic. That's Hindu. That Arabic number they give you It's not Arabic. That was a Hindu. Come look it up. In Sudan, we didn't write like that when we were in school. We learned Arabic like this. The original one, two, three, one, two, and one. The original Arabic numbers. Go look it up. That's in Morocco. You can find it. Real mathematics. So he said, born in 1935. That makes me right now 61 years old. And my dad is white because I want it white right now. You understand? Last week was black. <laughs> I know you're going to ask me that. And when I wanted black to be black and off. Not because I died, because I can think it black. <laughs> and you got the same power to come here and give it to you, but not too many You with me? So now they spend all that time writing a book about me. And I tell him, I said, Bilal Phillips, the Saudi Arabians who are Turkish and Indians, because Saudi Arabia is our land. We ain't no Asiatic. The word Asia, Asia, means Orient, Orient stops after the Persian Gulf. Stop letting them tell you Asiatic. You ain't no Asiatic. Now, Asiatic people are our people, so we're one family, but we are not Asiatic. Asia is the Arabic word. It means Oriental. Are you an Oriental? No. Stop that part. Right? So now they write this whole book. Now, I tell Bilal Philip, Bilal. Go ask one of them Saudi Arabians, can you Sunni Muslims make hijrah there? Can you move there and live in one of the most progressive countries in the world? Because they got oil. They got wealth. Try Qatar. Try Abu Dhabi. Try Riyadh. Try Makkah. Medina. Jeddah. Try any one of those Saudi Arabian places. Ask them, can you move your brothers and sisters, Muslims from America, there? They let Idi Amin move there. <laughs> to Jizah. But not into Mecca. Forget Mecca. Allowed you to move into Saudi Arabia and give you all your own little country. American Muslims. Ask that. Ask them, can you marry their daughters? Yeah, right. Come on with. Ask them why you can't find 
Red skin Arabs with the name Bilal. Why don't none of them call themselves Bilal? They got every name but Bilal. You'll say, well, I know one Arab son is named Bilal. <laughs> Bilal was an Ethiopian. Habashia, they say in Africa. the real name. You with me? Yeah. Ask them those questions while they're attacking me, their brother. They're trying to raise up my people my way. Not your way, my way. And why do I need my way? Because in your way, you say the Prophet Muhammad had white armpits. That's what you have in the book of the Hadith. And that bothers me. Because you're telling me there's no racism in Islam, and you're pointing out the color of his armpits is white. You're telling me there's a Hadith that says, care and obey, even if an Ethiopian slave is put above you. And they say, see, that means even an Ethiopian can be here. No, 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 back up. That says, even if, as if there's something wrong with us. You understand? Bilal can call the Azan. He's a Mu'adzim. He's a singer. Something always attributed to black people singing. I don't need that. I don't need it. I need my own stuff back. So I went on a journey all throughout Egypt, studying and studying and studying. And to my surprise, I saw that the positions that we were making in Salah, each one of those positions were on the walls in the pyramids in Congress. That the word wudu is an Egyptian word meaning, see you later. <laughs> and kabush was an Egyptian word for what they're calling hustle, washing up. I saw the words there. You know what I'm saying? I saw that Islam stole everything out of Egypt. You know what really caught me? When I was making Hajj in Mecca, I had got to Jiddah, and you put on what's called an Ihram. Say, Ihram. It's a white, seamless robe that they say Nebi Ibrahim wore. Right? When I looked at the word Ihram in Arabic, I saw the Alif and the Hay and the Ra and Alif and Me. And I said, if you put a Fatha and take away the Kesra, it becomes Ahram, right? Yeah. That's the Arabic word for permanent. Right? Yeah. And permanent is shaped like the apron of Osiris. You see that black statue, he stands on his hand like this. This, this apron comes out as a permanent. I said, and the word haram, haram, or unlawful, is the same word. And the word harem, where they keep their wives, is the same word. <laughs> and the first people to have harems were the Egyptians. And the first men to wear white seamless robe were the priests of Amun-Ra. And the men to wear the apron were the kings and priests of Egypt, of Amun-Ra again. So I said, is there a relation between Islam and Egypt that they're not telling us? Mm. And I found out today, in Islam, and I've taught this thing for years, buddy, and that's what bothered me, because Islam steals your children. I'll tell you about that, too. In Islam, in a word, 
which they pay sometimes at the end of the sentence like this, who or he. And it means he or it. Women is a hop and a wop. Now, at the end of the sentence, they put the owl and they catch it. Ali, lamb, Ali, they put some vows. It becomes Allah. But the power of the word is not in the Allah, it's in the Ila. In the who. You got that? And I look at the Egyptian books and found out that the highest deity was who? The creative source of will. And even the people, the ancient pygmies of Zimbabwe had Hewi. For who? The creative source of will. But being the gave man willpower. The will to be right and wrong. And I looked and said, there's an Egyptian god called Hewi. And when out of it, if I want to call somebody, I say, Ya Ahmed, Ya Ali, Ya Muhammad, come here. I say, Ya first. So I added the Ya to the name of the creator who, and I came up with Yahuwah. <laughs> that the name Yahuwah was someone calling on the Egyptian deity who. I went on back in the store and I watched Hagar because I knew she was Egyptian. I said, I knew I had to have supper with Hagar, Egyptian, and Abraham. Now, I found out that Hagar calls on the God, El Roy. And I saw the Arabic word, Ra, the see, the seeing one, the eye. Didn't you see what we did? Those people lied about the deen. I said, oh boy, deen. Then, Yadun, our religion. Then I said, deen. Dionysus. Dina. Dina. The crescent deity. The female deity of the crescent. Islam. Deen. This is why the Quran has millions as the religion of Islam and Deen. The last revelation of Allah to Muhammad is Yadakhaluna Fidina Lahi Akwajan. Yadakhaluna Fidina Lahi Akwajan. They enter into the Deen of Allah in groups. To the Deen of Allah. So there's other Deen, other than Allah's Deen. And I say, of course it is. Because in the Torah, the Hebrew word Hadin, Hadin, sorry, in Hebrew, Hadin means the same thing. Hadin, the same word, Din. Dinah, the church, Hebrew daughter. A female. The tribe of Israelites try to hide. Like Jacob didn't have another daughter named Dina. It's Isis and Osiris worship. I said, Isis and Osiris, what's going on here? <laughs> I said, how's this tie in with Egypt? The Quran, you open the Quran to what they call in the second and the largest chapter of the Quran, it's called Sunful Bakara. There's a degree of the cow. But in that chapter, it don't talk about cow, it talks about the golden calf of Israel. And the golden calf of Israel is Hathor. 
another name of the deity that incarnated into Hagar. And the symbol of Hathor was the horn. Or the ancient crescent with a circle in it. The circle is the sun. Reflect it what you get a star. I thought I say to myself, Asa, Asa, Asa. <laughs> Somebody's playing tricks. How am I going to unfold this mess? How am I going to show the Muslims in America that they've been lied to, that they've been deceived, they've been tricked? They don't want to hear the truth. They like following these parallels and everything they can get to themselves without being self. We don't care nothing about it. Arabs are making millions of dollars a year. Oh, I'm sorry. Millions of dollars a minute. And they're not building nothing in this country for the Muslims here. Or they build mosques in London. They're, built, they're building a mosque in the Vatican. They're building a mosque for the Pope in the Vatican. Check it out. They're building a mosque in France. And the mosque in Manhattan was planned by Chef Daoud. Go back and check our old book out, Chef Daoud. The plans and everything. I was there in the 50s when they weren't even born calling themselves Muslim. What happened? What happened to us? Why is everybody so worried about us finding out about ourselves? Why don't they want us to know about our Egyptian identity? Now, Egyptian is even the wrong word. Egypt goes to Greek. Right. Then he was always Kemet. Kemet comes from the word Ham. And Ham was the son of Noah. Cush, Mizraim, Mus, all trick words, Hebrew words. You base all your foundation on the Bible, the Torah, and the Quran. And those are the books that have been made to deceive you. Everybody in those books that look like you, they made a bad person. The Egyptians are so bad that God tells Joseph to take Jesus there. The Egyptians are so bad that Jacob and them have to go there. God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sends them over to Egypt to be saved. But the Egyptians are pagans and idol worshippers. But all throughout the scripture, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as they say, is sending his prophets there for safety. Well, the moment you become an Egyptian, you become a pagan, an idol worshiper. But when they say, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and you say, what are you saying? You salli ala rasulullah. What are you saying? To send salat on who? Muhammad? Well, that's not what I mean, but it means salutation. Listen, you're not talking to a fool. Come on, dear. Salutation is a French word. Salut. Salutations. Salut. The word salat in the Quran was put in there by the Pope. The word tafur is the Arabic and Hebrew word for prayer. Salat from Yusallah comes from the French word salut. Salut. And the Italian, the Latin, all seems was Latin and French response. The Quran, prayer that Muslims are making, Salat al Fajr, talk to me. You want to keep me here? I'll stay with it. At least until the sun goes, or appears to go. Salat al Fajr. It means the prayer 
of the dawn. You with that? Yes. Fudge. The prayer of the dawn. What is the dawn? When the sun rises. Fudge. Muslim. When you are making Salatul Fudge, are you worshiping the sun? Black, 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 black. As a haram. Muslim. You base your prayer in the morning on the rising of the sun. And I ask you, are you a sun worshiper? Blah, 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 blah. And yet you use the word fudge. Right? <laughs> then comes Salatul Dhuhr. Salatul Dhuhr. The noon prayer. When the sun is directly above you. The <laughs> Ya Muslim Muslim Muslimat. Are you worshiping the sun now? No, 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 no. That's wrong. <laughs> then comes Salatul Asr. Salatul Asr. The word Asr, cut the word Asir, to squeeze the juice out of something. Or as the sun is starting to be squeezed out of light. I ask you again. I ask you again. Are you worshiping the sun if you're basing your prayer on the rising, the height of it, and the ascension of it? What do you tell me? That's all. You're worshiping the sun. A couple of hours later comes Salatul Maghrib. Salatul Maghrib. What is the word Maghrib upon them? The raising. Blackness. When the sun has started to set. I ask again. Are you worshiping the sun? We have the fourth period of the motion of the sun. Are you worshiping the sun? What do they say, y'all? I got time. I don't have patience. I ain't need no hospital bed, but I got time. I try again. Salatul Ish. Ish. Dinner. Dinner prayer. I was worried for dinner. Salatul Ish. And they go, Irish, you know what I mean? In Hebrew, Ish. Male. They stole so many words from Hebrew, they don't tell you Ish and Ish is male and female in Hebrew. Now is when the sun is gone. Right? Next. What do I ask? What do they say to me? <laughs> now we have watched the sun rise for Slapo Fudger. The sun set the Slapo Mother. The sun is high point of Slapo Thor. And they even have other prayers called late night prayers, all based on the motion of the sun. When Shasha Ramadan comes, Shasha means a month of Ramadan, fasting, the burning month. Notice they call it Ramadan, the burning month. Why do they call the burning month? Because that's the month in Islamic hour when the sun is the closest. What's the closest? The sun. How do you say sun Arabic? Shem Shem say. Shem say, you know. So I ask them, in Ramadan, are we worshiping the sun? <laughs> There's a whole surah in the Quran called Surah Shem. A chapter of the sun. Surah Al-Kamr. Chapter of the moon. At the end of Ramadan, the whole Muslim world cannot break their fast or eat or bitter until the sighting of the new moon. moon. 
So I asked him then, do you worship the moon? Because you can't break your fast. Breakfast, break your fast. You can't break your fast until you see the person. Are you a moon worshiper? They do worship the sun. They do worship the moon. I was born a Muslim. And we used to base everything on the sun and the moon. They have three balls on the top of the mosque before you see the crescent. Why is that crescent and star up there? Because the star represents the sun and the crescent represents the moon. What are these? Dinah symbols. What is Dinah? A fertility deity. You with me? Where's the fertility symbol? The mineral is a penis. The dome is a breast. This goes to all the religions. Who's it go back to? Make it plain. I'll make it as plain as I can. Who's it go back to? Ancient Egypt. Who's the god? Men. Men. Arabic word for from. Men. What is the symbol of men? The symbol of Amun Ra standing there with a frill in one hand, his right hand, and his spout in his left hand. Go look it up in Egyptian book. Don't think I'm talking dirty. And you know how the story goes in ancient Egypt? That Amun lived beneath the waters of the sea alone. He created himself there. And he came up out of the sea. This is what they teach, right? Ancient Egyptian book of the day, before the Quran. And was alone and wanted to create something. So he took himself in hand. And he spread out life. You follow that? Seed. That's why they call it seed man. A man of the sea. You think phonetic data part of the language? Don't think I'm playing word games. That's how they talk in cipher. If you don't think you just saw a fair well and welfare man, didn't you? <laughs> you found out what justice and just us meant, didn't you? History and history, didn't you? But this deity, Amun, spread out himself and created beings from it. And gave them creative will by who? Who? Men. Few men. You think that's funny phonetics? Look at Egypt, you see they did it. And all this country is built on Egyptian mysteries. That's why the obvious needle in Washington that represents the phallic symbol. The dome on the White House represents the breast. They got a minute right there. And we're the first place they built an Orthodox Sunni Muslim mosque in the United States was Washington, D.C. Who yeah. built it? Dwight David Eisenhower, a Shriner. And it's on an Islamic center right now. Muslims go there and pray and don't know that they have Masonic rituals and a skull and bone right in the same mosque. I was there and saw it. Muslims said, why don't you come to the mosque and watch that laugh? I was there. I was in the hall back there in the lodge. I can go through and read the books. You understand? Please walk with that. Know about that. Know what they're doing. Islam is a trick. It goes back to ancient Egypt. When I say Arabic, at the end of it, 
I want you to go with me. Okay? Alhamdulillah, you Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman, you Rahim. Maliki, you that's the longest sentence held in prayer. And what is it? Amun Ra. Amin comes from the word Amun, the hidden one. They say it comes from the attribute of Allah, El Mu'min. Not true. Same root word. They stole it from the Hebrews who say Amin at the end of their prayer. And the Christians who say Amen at the end of their prayer. The Muslim ones, the Muslim are the last one in that line. They stole it. <laughs> and they didn't even realize when he was killed that the Jews were giving praise to the Egyptian deities. They don't even realize that the god Tammuz and the god Ilu, from where they get Allah, are names in the Judaic calendar which come out of the Babylonian deities. That's right. You can right. find the name Tammuz and Ilu today and even eat Enki Drago's mother is registered as one of the months in the Jewish calendar and in Babylonian. I said, what are y'all doing? Babylonian names in your calendar. Because they know they copied the Torah from the Emai Elish. You know Elish and the Hassan. They're trying to make you think that the tablet of the Sumerians is not but 2,000, 3,000 years old. But if you go to the Bible, that they say they believe in, and say, find the language of Hebrew is here. They'll get to the word Ebar. And that's Hebrew. Find the word language of Arabic in here. They'll get to the name Ashur, Assyria, Sarah. Arabic, both coming from Aramic. They find the word Akkadian in here. They can find it. Find the word Chaldean in here. They can find it. Find the word Uruk or Uruk in here. They can find it. Out. Find hieroglyphics in here. They find the names of the pharaohs in here. You with me? Yes, sir. Now say, find cuneiform in here. Find the word cuneiform, a Latin word, just being chip wedges. And what was the name of the language cuneiform? Because we got Akkadian as the name of Akkad. We got Aramic from Aram. We got Hebrew from Ebal. We got Arabic from Arab, who's from the descendants of Jotan from Ashur. You with me? What is the name of cuneiform in the Torah? All the other languages are here. Yet you're telling me that they found hundreds of tablets written in cuneiform. Even the Mormon, Joseph Smith, says the tablet he found buried upstate New York was in cuneiform. But none of them will tell you what is the name of cuneiform. If every other language got a name, what is cuneiform's name? Because it couldn't have been Latin that far back. Sanskrit got a name. Farsi, Persian got a name. Urdu got a name. English, French. 
Italian. What is the name of cuneiform? Nuwapik. From the word Nabawa. From the word Nub. From the word Nubian. From the word messengers from the sky. Because the beings that were talking in Genesis were talking before Moses got the Torah. They were talking before they said, Muhammad, we reveal this Quran to you in his final in your tongue, and made it simple for you to memorize. They were talking in heaven and talking about the shaping and the forming of the earth in a language. The serpent spoke to Eve in a language. And this is before Genesis chapter 10, when Arabic, Akkadian, and all the languages you call Semitic or Shemiah languages came into existence. What language was God talking in? When you're trying to make people think that the Edomite talents I talk about is more recent than the Torah and the Egyptian history and hieroglyphics can be found in the Bible, but cuneiform can be found on tablets but not found in the Bible. You with me? They don't want you back with your own language. They don't want you speaking in tones. Because when you start speaking in tones, you start conjuring up our ancestors who are buried on these grounds beneath us. You start get, they start getting roused up. And you start projecting what Christ said as a man thinking. So it's he knew you had the power to make things happen with your mind. They don't want you identifying with the saints of your family. They don't want you to Rashango, Batala, Ogun, or Yemaya. They have their teraphim in the Torah. The nation of Islam, they don't know nothing about it. They're still worshiping one of their descendants. That's the problem Muhammad didn't say was God. They're still praying to him. The Bible says they're still praying to Clarence 13X, who's really 37X. That's still ancestral worship. But you can't do it. When we do it, everybody criticizes me. When we talk about identifying with our ancestors, I'm on the raw, who y'all all give praise to in your churches as Amen or Amin. Yes, for those who think they know. See that? This here is called Mad. We call it a Madda now. It originally was called a Mad in ancient Arabic, Arabic, because it symbolized a feather of the Egyptian deity Mad. Now they call it Madda. <coughs> Meaning to double something. Like the double U of Washita or Moshiti. Oh man, oh man, oh man. We got so much information about us. Black just go on and on. I can start with contradictions of the Bible, contradictions of the Quran, contradictions of the Torah, and show you how they lie and change things and mess it up. But you know what you got to start with? Start with the language. If you are a sincere Christian, then learn a language so you can defeat the preachers who stand up for you an inch. If you are a sincere Muslim, Learn the Arabic so you can go with them step by step, word by word, and not depend on them. If you are a sincere Moorish American, learn that Arabic. If you're a sincere Hebrew Israelite, learn that Hebrew. 
So nobody ain't giving you no doggone interpretation and no translation. If you don't want to accept mine and you have every right not to, then learn the language yourself. You're young enough. You're young enough to take the language apart yourself. Don't tell me you're no sincere Christian and don't want to speak the language. You say Christ spoke. You hear me? If you really are sincere about your religion, then start with the word. In the beginning was the logos, the word. And when you look up the Greek for logos, it doesn't mean word, it means speech. That speech they're talking about is a conversation that was going on between the angels and said, let us create man. Talking to somebody who talked back to them. In one of the languages it had to exist before Genesis chapter 10. But you will find the language. <laughs> you will find the language in Genesis as Cush. It says right in that Bible that the Tigris and the Euphrates and the white and blue now runs down into the land of Ethiopia. Right in the Bible. But in Hebrew, the word is kush. Kush. And check this out, just for some food for thought. Here in your Bible, we're talking about the creation of the world, heaven and earth, and the heavenly host, right? And in the midst of it, God becomes the economist. You want to know where? God says, and the gold in that land is good. <laughs> right in Genesis, God stops in the middle of all creation and says, and the gold in that land is good. <laughs> nobody was on the planet yet. There wasn't supposed to be nobody but Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. There wasn't no commerce. There wasn't nobody to mine for gold. Nobody to dig for gold. Gold has to be dug. So whoever was talking, he was sore down in earth. But he was telling other angels. Because he wasn't talking to Adam and Eve yet. Because he ain't created them yet. <laughs> and he said, and the gold of that land is... Remember that in the Bible? God is talking about 14, 18, 22, 10, and 24 carat gold. He said, there's 24 carat gold down there. God had an interest in gold. Why did God have an interest in gold? Why didn't God say, and the platinum down there is good? Platinum is more viable than gold. Why didn't God say, and the diamonds down there are good? Or the uranium? Why was he interested in gold, folks? Because it deflects sunlight. And he had to build a rainbow dome over you to protect you from the sun. Spoken of in the Bible as a rainbow covenant. Seven layers of strata. You understand that? Creating spheres to protect me and you from the ultraviolet rays of the sun. What is the last color on the rainbow? Violet. And what comes out that gamma? Amber light that can penetrate here and kill people. So a loving, caring, heavenly father was concerned about the gold dust. Because he created our spheres out of gold dust. And that's why it reflects those beautiful colors like a rainbow. You're trying to figure out 
How come the rainbow comes in the the light bends and reflects off the dust particles of gold? It's in a dome that the Most High Heavenly Father put there to protect you and me from the sun. And the serpent and his children, the harsh, are destroying the ozone layer. And right over Australia right now, there's an opening digging in this. And the rays are coming through. And they're trying to tell you to come down there and put a shrimp on the body. They're talking about you. <laughs> they start inviting people to Australia when they know the radiation level is too high. Who's going to die first? Who's going to die first? Who's going to die first? Melanites or non-melanites? <laughs> They're taking away the ozone layer that the Heavenly Father put up there to protect us from the rays of this sun as a covenant he made with us. That's why they're trying to get out of here. That's why there's a shuttle every month. Shuttle to where? Shuttle for what? We're not at war with Russia no more. Like we ever was. <laughs> where is the race for space now? Have you asked why there's so many shuttles? And where are they going and why they don't tell you that? They're transporting their people out of here. They have made contact with a man called Myers in Switzerland with the Aldebarians and the Platians, and they are leaving here, believe it or not. You may not believe this, but they wouldn't have believed television in 1930. <laughs> they are leaving. They are transporting people off this planet in shows. They are going to the moon. They are going to Mars. They are going to Jupiter. And now they are exploring Titan. And it just confirmed this month that Titan is a planet, not saturated. It was thought to be the moon, but it's a planet, has an atmosphere just like Earth, and it's covered with a dust cloud. And it's setting a status up this month. I think I told y'all Titan was a planet. If you check Titan out, they come back to the name Europa. Europe. I thought I told y'all that. They are getting out of here. They are trying to destroy the ozone layer and then leave. And let the rays of the sun kill everybody on the planet. But, anybody wants to leave, don't feel like you got something to do that. I, I, I tell you, I teach all the time, I would not be insulted. Do what you got to do. You understand? But, they can't do it. We got underground cities. Did you know that? Didn't you notice when you went past parks and playgrounds, there was doorways leading underground? We built them. We got underground cities connected all across this country. They built one from 42nd Street to 125th Street in the fair where I was going to the Bronx. And didn't tell nobody why they did. All across us, under us, underground cities. You know what they use them for now? Early in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning. You stand out under the city in the light somewhere and watch the poison coming out of the sewer. And ask yourself, where is that steam coming from in the morning? It's not there any other part of the day. Tell me that that steam coming up in the morning is from the subway system, the marcher. Then it would be there all day on every dark, shallow block where there's condensation, you see it. Why only in the morning? Because in the morning, everybody just woke up, and that's breathing time. Mm-hmm. And if we put poison, it's popping up, 
in the system and you're going to the city and you're taking in poison that is causing you to have miscarriages, causing you not to get pregnant, causing you migraine headaches, causing our sisters breast cancer, causing our men prostate cancer, they, they are killing us. You know why? But they cannot deal with when the sun hits you and your feet is on the ground and your, your solar, you know what I call a solar flare? Because if you look at the ancient pictures of Jesus, they always show the flame of fire right here. And they show them using his less or smallest finger pointing at it. And they had a rose above it. And that was Jesus telling them that there is a central sun every man. The light that shineth in the darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. He talked about that light right there. And they didn't understand what he was talking about. They never understood anything he said. He was too busy being involved with the fact that he was different. Come on, man. How different was he telling He was so different that Mary didn't even know who his father was. Did you know that? Mary said to him, while in Jerusalem at age 13, why are you hiding from me and your father, Joseph? She didn't say for me and your father, God. Read your Bible. Me and your father, Joseph. They said, Jesus would be of the seed of David. The word they use in Greek is sperma. The seed. Is that clear? In your Greek. And then when they ask you for the list of Jesus and Matthews, you know what they give you? Joseph's line of descendancy through Jacob. In your Bible. But you keep saying God. Mary keeps saying it. And the Bible keeps saying the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Ghost is not a man. He's spirit to y'all. Except for when y'all want to make him three persons in one, then he becomes a person. When Daniel wants to call a man, I saw the man Gabriel, then he's a man. Christians talk about no that's just the Holy Spirit. He just touched it and she became pregnant. Where the X, where the Y chromosome come from? Whose sperma was carrying David's seed? Because Mary couldn't carry David's seed because Mary don't carry sperma. She carries over. They don't know. They weren't in tune with the real Messiah. They weren't in tune with Yeshua, they called him. They don't know nothing about him. They wrote a whole bunch of stories about him. How can you say that he's your God and you can't tell me what he was doing between 1 and 13? God was on earth and y'all didn't keep a record from 1 to 13 when he was in Egypt. And the Egyptians kept a record. They had more accurate records than the Jews. That's why we got a lot of writing on the pyramids. And don't fall for that Rosetta Stone trap. Anybody read the Rosetta Stone that set up by the Egyptians? They fabricated the Rosetta Stone and added the Greek on it so that they would think they're translating. That's why right now I have to retranslate everything. They got all the dates messed up. They don't know how old the Sphinx is now. They were saying now it's by water. And it must be older than 3,000 years. So maybe Hoopoo didn't do it. And now they're all confused. So they got it from the Rosetta Stone who was created by Egyptians to confuse them. And it worked. But we ain't going to never tell them our secrets. That's right. That's right. And Almighty sent Jesus to Egypt because he knew those people were God. Told Joseph, take the boy to Egypt until Herod is dead, the Edomites. Right? That's us. We were the protectors of the Holy Family. We didn't worship Jesus. He was our brother. We protected Jesus as Egyptians. You understand what I'm saying? Read the Bible. The Egyptians protected the Holy Family. 
We protected Joseph when he got into Egypt. We protected Abraham. Gave Isaac back his wife and said, Isaac, why didn't you tell me that was your wife? I would have never went against Adonai and did such a thing. That's what Abimelech says. Right in the Bible. He said, I would have never went against the Most High. Right in the Bible. Here's an Egyptian, you tell it to a pagan, but they're talking to Joseph and they're talking to Abraham in the exact same story. Come on, please. A repeated story. Both of them went to Egypt. Both of them went to Abimelech. Both of them went to Gorah. Both of them went to the same man. Both men took their, their wives. Both men gave them back their wives. He said, yeah. You want to believe that crap? Fool yourself. No, man. Somebody's making up stories. The whole story of Joseph going to Egypt and almost getting raped by the Pharaoh's wife and blaming on, uh, blame on, uh, on Joseph. That's Anubis and Bata, an ancient Egyptian story. It's recorded. I can go on with parallel stories all night, but y'all are getting tired and y'all are front. <laughs> but I gave y'all so much information, I know you're brain child. <laughs> I do the best I can for those who care. I'm only here to bring facts. Nothing but facts. I'm not here to be liked. You follow? If you don't like me, it's even safer, then I ain't got to be bothered with you. <laughs> because when you get bothered with black people, they get all in your business. Then they see you in restaurants.
What else must I tell you that I'm not going to make you happy? I'm going to tell you what I am. I am your teacher. I am raised up amongst you, sent from above. Above is not a holy place. Above is a kingdom where you are the ruler. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is above. They just said it's heaven. And got you missing a kingdom is moving in and out of the sky. Heaven is Shemarian in Greek. I mean, in Hebrew. So maybe I'm going to cross. It's Orion or Orionus in the Greek of your Bible. Jesus' father is in the Orion star foundation, he said. Right in the Bible. You understand me? I have come to you to right the wrong. Everybody that touches base with me leaves with something. Even if you don't like me, you leave with something. <laughs> something I said today has touched you. I don't mean emotionally. I mean it touched what you believe. And you say, I'm going to pick that up. And you're going to go to some family and ask, is this true? You're going to say, ah. <laughs> okay, great. I'm not telling you to go check it out by asking somebody that's going to lie. I'm telling you to go check it out by researching it yourself. Go check out everything. Take this piece of If you don't have one of those holy tablets in front of you, take it. Don't buy it. You can have it. That's why I say it. Take it home with you. Study it. Research it. Find out if those things are real. Find out this missing thing. You know the funny thing about it? The Muslims say the Quran is the last revelation. There's no other scriptures. Wrong. Holy tablets is here. <laughs> the funny part is their common mind will say, that ain't no scripture. Say, that ain't no scripture to you. It's a scripture to him. And if it's a scripture to him, then it's a scripture. If any one of y'all believe it's a scripture on this planet Earth, because the whole Muslim world says it's not, if one of y'all believe it is, it is. So their book is contradicted. You and me. That's the day and time we're in. I might be not. I might not be here teaching y'all next week. Somebody else. No, I'll, I'll, I'll probably be here. But please, please come with some some hard questions for me. You know, because then you think a hard question. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I wanted to know about um, the appendix and when it ruptures. I was uh, speaking to a brother in class. He said something. Now you elaborated on why the appendix ruptures. The appendix can, can the, the appendix can erupt for many different reasons. First, it punch you like it did a <laughs> and erupt your appendix and your liver until you're dead. But what they've done, the appendix, the certain organs in the body that they don't tell you about, they don't tell you what they're there for. <laughs> That's a lot. This goes a long story. You know, I'll be here for a long time. I mean, it all ties into the hippocampus or what they call hippocampus area of the brain. All right, and once you have an organ there. That organ there charged all of your higher senses, your divine, your connection with the most high. That was surgically removed from you. They maimed you, as they say in the Bible, and they moved your divinity so you cannot walk and talk with God anymore. When they, when they moved one gland, if that gland, like the liver, the liver and the kidneys work together. So if the liver goes bad, then the well, that's why appendix and tonsils go bad, because we are vocal people. Our power is in our voice. That's why they say Jesus has a voice, the sound of many voices. We can take the walls of Jericho down by our voice. So our, the first thing they try to do is get your tonsils out. Then they tell you you don't need your appendix. 
All of these things work with the fluids that deal with your own soul, not your underbody. You follow? An erupted appendix will not stop you from having psychic power. Because once a man and a woman come together and become one flesh, organs that are damaged in him can be used from her by embrace. We extend to each other. This is why when a couple has been hanging out together, they start to walk alike. People start saying, that's your sister saying they're totally hugging. <laughs> my wife looks like thousands. And they ask me, is that my sister? You know what I mean? So we walk, we're together all the time. So we walk alike. I get ready to say something, she said. I'm driving along, I'm getting ready to think something. She said, uh, why don't we just pull over? I'm going to say, why don't we, I'm saying, <laughs> That's the way I want it. Yeah. That's the way it should be. That's how y'all should be. And then when, as you're starting to get sick, he will feel it. As she's starting to get sick, you will feel it. And you can take your vitality. And you can embrace the person you love. And you can hold them. And y'all can breathe together. And you can rejuvenate damaged organs.
Right. You get on the internet, you can talk to me, I'll talk to you on the internet. Right. Farrakhan, don't do it. Get him on and talk to you, probably put some minister on. Right. I come down that audience and I walk with you. Right. I talk with you. I sit with you. I socialize with you. I don't put myself above you in any way. I don't ever want to be thought of as that. You may respect what I teach you, but that's about it. Respect it. Look at it again and respect it. Look at it again and respect it again. Look at it again and respect it again. And that's all I want to do. I want to be your brother. I want to be your friend. I want our family to know each other. I want you to see my kids and understand. If you see my daughter, son, do something wrong, you stop it. The same way I have the right if I see yours, do something wrong, I stop it. And y'all trying to have kids stay get in touch with me. I'll tell you how to do it. There's a certain way to do it now, but it's sending out people you prevent. That's why y'all can't have it. Mm-hmm. Y'all people have to follow. I'm not telling you nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds to get married. I'm saying you, you young boys and young girls out there, you in this room today, walk outside and meet some people. Don't leave here without meeting each other, shaking hands and talking to each other and socializing. How many of y'all will try to get back next week to see me? I'll be looking for you. Right, the building, the story about it, it's killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> in the name of the law, mind 
They don't like Farrakhan. They want to invite me. You know why they don't invite me on television? They know the effect I have. This may like I didn't exist. Your father has books in 10 languages out. French, Hausa, Spanish. Yes, we have books all over the world. Followers all over the world. And they say the fastest growing religion in the world is Islam. I'm not surprised for you. The fastest growing movement in the world right now is Nawako. I mean, every week I can come up here and give you new countries that are coming on. Doctors, lawyers, policemen. I mean, all all walks of life are coming over. You know why? Because it's fact. Right. It's something they can go and research and find out facts. No more myths. Yes, my brother. I am a carpenter. Okay. My lady is master gardener. Mm. How can we come out here to help you with this? Well, as you see, and uh, as you see, the brothers out there are building a, a pylon, which is called a pylon legion. Mm-hmm. And the others over there, three permits are being built. Yes, sir. Right now. By the time the second day, these two of them should be up, we hope. All right. And we need brothers with talent and sisters with talent. The sisters were just, because they have their own power here. It's not about brothers telling them what to do. She's they were girl. just telling us they're going to start planting their own food out there to save us some money. I
You're ahead of him in time and space. You want to know what happens when I die. Do I die? What is death? Is, do, am I going to go to heaven? Is there heaven? Do I go? Is it here? Is it there? And they can't answer these things for you. So not only is it happening in the church, but it's also happening on the college campuses. And it's also happening in the high schools. And now the junior high school kids are coming in with questions. So there's a worldwide acknowledgement that is not out front in knowledge. Because they have too many things they can't answer. You follow? So it's very difficult for the sacred societies, Freemasons, Shriners, Knights of Columbus, Alhambra, which all go into the Illuminati to continue to propagate this hypocritical light concept without giving answers. Because people have walked across the arch or the threshold of a past master and still know nothing. They've traveled through the degrees, traveled from west to east and east to west, and still know nothing. But they're waiting with each last Thursday in the month at the lodge, thinking that this is the time we're going to learn that secret. Then they spend 35 to 50 of their years waiting and don't hear no secret. Because they don't have any secrets. There's nothing to give them. So the esoteric world, the secret society fails. You follow that? And they force the kids to disrespect God by taking a kid who's suspected as being a criminal, putting him on a stand, and then putting a Bible under his hand, inspect the same kid who's suspected as being a criminal to tell the truth. Just by putting the Bible there is blasphemy. By putting it in front of a criminal and say, put your hand on this Bible. Inspect them to tell the truth when they're there because they did something wrong. You see what I'm saying? Their system is over. The rule of the devil, and the devil has been ruling this world for 6,000 years. His rule is over. Now, what people would love to feel is that tomorrow we get up and there won't be no devil. No. You know why? Because the reason why your container is overflowing is because you have diluted your content with the devil's character. We are keeping the devil powerful. We have taken him into us. And he lives in us, in our desires to be other than ourselves. You hear me? In us wanting to live in his image and after his likeness and not in the image of the likeness of the what? No, no, no. I breathed into man a breath of life and man became a living. You don't want to be a soul. <laughs> you want to be a body. You want to adorn the body. In other words, you want to take the container or the vessel called the body and you want to satisfy it, decorate it, feed it. But the content in the container has already been tilted or tinted with shaitan or satan or abbas or any name that you want to call diabolus, bragos, or the Greek, whatever name you use, this malicious being is now moving in me and you and coerces us to do his bidding. He gets us to make fun of our own. 
to laugh at people, to steal. He gets us to smoke cigarettes and poison our body, to damage the vessel. And when one of us damages the content, all of us are damaged. Because the content is the same even if the vessel takes on different shapes. All of the containers here have different shapes. All y'all look different. But the content in the container of all of us, soul, essence, God, is the same. So when one soul is damaged, all souls are damaged. That's why he asked him, are you your brother's keeper? And he said, I'm not my brother's keeper. When in fact, I am my brother's keeper. Because as my brother falls, I fall. Humanity falls. Let me tell you something, just to jump away from it. Animals on the planet reach a certain point where they become what they call extinct. Correct? Now, that means that that animal has lived the full potential or lived the utmost of its life. Its existence has now expired and nature, it doesn't want it to breathe anymore. And, that, not, I don't, and I say that, I don't mean that as simply as a sound. When I say nature doesn't want that animal to breathe that's now extinct like the bald eagle, it doesn't want that animal that takes in oxygen and gives off a poison substance, that animal's physical composition and what comes out of it should not exist anymore because it'll infringe upon other animals in the chain of life. Try to bear with me what I'm saying. All right? If an animal is supposed to disappear, it's because God wants that animal to disappear. And if man steps in and prolongs the life of that animal, man is taking the ecology and making it imbalanced. Because that animal is not supposed to be here anymore. It's not supposed to breathe anymore. That's how God planned it. But Caucasians will go out there and try to save animals. And while they're saving the animals, they're interfering with the ecology. And they're wondering why all this other stuff is happening here. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. <laughs> the last strain on all existing animals is the bleach gene. <laughs> I know some of y'all might want to lie. I ain't going to let y'all lie. <laughs> I know all y'all have seen rats. And I don't just mean on television. Come on, y'all now. Y'all have seen rats in the house. Run across the floor. You have never seen a white rat run across your living room floor. No, you didn't. You haven't never seen a white deer running across your yard. You ain't seen a white snake until recently. There wasn't no white lions. And every time they get a white snake, they go, look, a white snake. And they show that white snake in every movie they can. When they get a white lion, they take them to Las Vegas and show everybody, look, a white lion. Correct? And when a white buffalo was born a couple of years ago, all the Native Americans said, ho ho, a white buffalo, a special symbol. So it was special for a white thing to be born out of species that were naturally brown, gray, and dark colored. He was unique because he didn't belong there. That's the only reason why the white line is so important. 
course, when you see a white lion, you say, lions are not their color. Where did you come from? And they'll prove to you that that is a defective chromosome, an albino gene. You with me? Well, talk to me about something important. Yes. Um, first of all, I want to say how glad I am to be in your presence. My pleasure for you to be here. And um, secondly, I have two questions. One question is, I recently lost my mother. Um, we buried her three weeks ago, this uh, Saturday, today. And um, I've, uh, I experienced a horrific scene with her. She died of cancer. And I wondered why I had to actually be there and see her go through this until her last breath. Um, secondly, um, since I've become a member of the Holy Tab and the Order, uh, I'm having problems sleeping at night, and I've tried different things to try to build up my uh, psychic self-defense. Yes. Um, but I'm not sure that it's working, and I wondered what this was that was bothering me. It's like um, a hot thing or something that hoovers over or tries to touch me. I don't know what that is. Okay. So I said, if I ever was in your presence, you ask those ask me that. <laughs> That's something I talk about all the time. I talk to people about death, funerals, coffins, because they have a system in this society where they want you to remember the people you love in their worst state. That's why they set up hospitals, which doesn't have nothing to do, as I said many times, with curing, but just being hospitable. They want you to see the person. I'm going to tell you something. If you can remember anyone in your family that's passed, that you didn't see dead, you'll remember them alive. And they will live alive in you forever. In our culture, in ancient Tamare, Egypt, once the person died, as they call it, they had an embalming ceremony where the relatives and the friends never saw the person until the whole ritual was over. And the next time they saw them, they saw a gold, bronze, copper or wood, depending on how rich they was, replica of them as beautiful and more lustrous as the great sun rod that we worshipped. You understand what I'm saying? So they never saw them dead in order for them to stare, leave that impression in your mind, that period of regression. Now each stage of that stays with you and haunts you. You follow what I'm saying? But you have got to. You've got to step over that and go back to when she was healthy. You got to get in there. Don't cut me off there. I heard you cut me off. Don't cut me off inside. You got to go back there, and you got to remember incidents. You got to have a treasure chest of things in your life that you had with your mother, very special things that makes you remember her embracing you or giving you that first doll or something on Christmas or something that was special when you fell and get that picture and meditate on that image over and over again. Every time the other image comes to your mind, you ride over it with that new image so you replace it in your subconscious mind. Eventually, the other image will fade away and all you remember is the good and you see her standing there and you will have resurrected her to live eternally in your heart. You hear me? Now, as far as things haunting you in your sleep, what a lot of people don't understand is disembodied souls roam this planet because they're trapped here because they were too material. And when they passed, they couldn't get out. And they have to stay here until they fuse out and they use people's life 
and they keep channeling through people, and it's how they prolong their stay on this plane. Right? Oftentimes, we go into a state referred to as sleep paralysis, when we're very rested, but we can't go directly into slumber. So we go into a semi-slumber state. We think we're awoke, but we are paralyzed and conscious. And this is the best avenue or best plane from which these beings can touch you. Your father, what defends you is a serum in your body called adrenaline. It repels them because it blocks the blood. Because when the person becomes afraid, their body goes into a defense. And the white corpuscles, white blood cells, and red blood cells get ready to defend the body. And it calls on the telephone and speaks to the inner chamber of the blood and says, hemoglobin, call the plasma and tell them to get ready. I'm serious. And it takes a message. And this is the nerve system, which has a link to the brain and has its own intelligence center, sending all these messages that something is about to happen. The first thing it does is it sends up a serum that shoots into the dermis just above the epidermis, the lowest layer of skin. And it creates little bumps on the body. That's called fair bumps. They raise. They are creating a defense or a cushion against an attack. We're not as strong as we were when we keloid. So we create this little, and the hair sits up. This is a defense mechanism that human beings have in them. But if something is strong enough to penetrate the skin, then the message is, go there and knit that back together. And the white corpuscles race against the red corpuscles. The red corpuscles are full of uh, breath, so they move faster. So you bleed first. And then the white corpuscles get around, form pus, form a clot called a scab, from the hemoglobin, the oxygen, and then the plasma, and it starts to knit you up. You follow me? There's a link between you and that blood, and those disembodied souls who can get to the blood to breathe. That's why they try to possess people for the blood. That's why in all their spooky movies, Dracula wants the blood. In all the Satanic so-called churches, it's always a blood sacrifice. In the ancient scriptures, they're cutting up goats and giving blood. And God smells the sweet savor of the burning offering, the blood on the altar. These disembodied souls feel connected to the blood. You hear what I'm saying? So when you go into that state of sleep paralysis, beings are trying to get you. It has nothing whatsoever to do with joining, other than the fact that you probably said, this happened when I started joining. And he goes, yeah, that's when it started happening. It starts creating... It becomes a reality. You're looking for a solution so that you can get rid of it. If you go back to when it started happening, trace them who you came in contact with, did you move rooms, did you change the direction you sleep in, anything, start putting the piece together, you'll see where it really came in at. Beings are trying to get to you. Now, here's the best part about it. If they could, they would have. If they could have gotten you, they would have done it by now. They're waiting for you to get weaker and weaker. And by not sleeping your body becomes weaker and weaker and your resistance gets weaker and weaker and they think they can pounce down them. You follow what I'm saying? But they can't unless you let them in. That's why they tell you Dracula can't get in the house unless you invite him in every movie. See, they can't get in unless you invite him. 
and they're trying to weaken you to fear of the unknown, the lack of sleep, until you say, something help me, anybody help me, and they'll knock right on that door and walk in. Overcome them. Stay up until you fall out and you'll be asleep. In other words, don't go to bed. I'm not going to bed. You understand what I'm saying? Let me go another way for you. There's another avenue here. This is another whole channel of people who they can't sleep. There's a fluorescent light. It's called daylight. What might be happening also is your body rhythms might be out. In other words, there are people that are night people. And they stay up at night and they sleep in the day. There's a solution to that. They have to take and put on a daylight in a room with them during the night until they can transform the night till the day. And then their body rhythm will change. People who take on night jobs and stuff like that eventually train their body to stay up at night. You understand what I'm saying? There's lights you can buy, a fluorescent light, not incandescent, fluorescent light. That's daylight. And you train yourself by sitting in front of that light. And even though it's night, it'll appear day to you. And eventually your body rhythm will start to change. That's another approach. Because I, I can't tell you which one it is. It could either be bad sleeping habits, or it can be being trying to weaken you. I'd like to lean on the second. You follow what I'm saying? What were you going to say? It's like I'm not sleep. It's like sometimes it's like something is like you know I can feel it. That's sleep paralysis. Then, then you're in a state of sleep. She's in a state of sleep paralysis. That's all it is. It's a form of being sleep and awoke at the same time. You're caught in between. Right? You may have to put yourself through that stress because you love her. You're right? enough days for her to catch her rhythm again. That's what love is about. It's about sacrifice. You may have to. I know you got to go to work, but you may have to put that strain in the hard work and yarn to get her system back in place. I mean, that's not too hard to do, is it? But let's do it. <laughs> if you want to investigate, but look up sleep paralysis. Read up on sleep paralysis. All right? Yes. Um, I want to ask you about um, 9, 999. Is that, is that got something to do with the Y2K, or is there something going to happen on that? Um, 9999 is really mathematical figure 9 to the ninth power of 9. But when we write it out, people usually say 999. It's 9 to the ninth power of 9. That's the largest figure that you can calculate, because the highest number is 9. Anything else, any numbers above 9 are compound numbers, meaning 11 is a compound of two ones. 12 is a compound of a 1 and 2. They're not numbers. They're compound figures. So 9 is the highest number. We have two figures of death and destruction that pertains to the beast, and his was 6666. That was when he, last time the devil came into power on earth. And that was up in uh, 72nd Street when he incarnated through Pope Paul VI, PP6, appears an inverted 6. You follow that? And then we have our own 999, ninth month, ninth day of 1999, which is the end of the devil's rule. Those two figures are there. In Freemasonry, they hide behind the sacred number of the sacred names of Ra and say he has 
69 names. You found saying that 69 names is symbolic of six and nine, six ether, nine ether. Nine ether in death becomes ghost in six ether. Six ether in death becomes nothingness. When Caucasians die, unless they are given a soul, like it says, he restoreth my soul. So that you can have your soul removed and you can have your soul restored. Unless their soul is restored, they dissipate into nothingness. You follow? That's what happens with six ether, inverted nine. Okay, Bob, um, I got three questions. All right. Um, yeah, four. The first one was a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was listening to a tape, and uh, I heard you say um, something about a red and blue star coming together, and I didn't know what that represented. That was just one question. Um, another one is I, I was noticing that we dealing a lot with, um, you know, like microorganisms and stuff like that, you know, in the, in the books, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, that's, that's kind of a little bit different from what, some of the things that we usually did. And so another, who <coughs> I mean, or that I usually read okay, in our Back document. in our old books, the book called Science of Creation, uh-huh. I was breaking down microorganisms back in 1970. Oh, okay. So that's not, it's not new to me. It's much new, young to me. me just catching up with it. Yeah. Okay. A lot of things I'm teaching today, <clears throat> I taught back. I wrote books back in 1967 under Amanubi or It's on archives in Washington. People didn't even know I wrote them about okay. Egypt back then. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and the last one was... Uh, I, I was just doing, you know, from my old books, I just went back and I was studying them, you know, over again. And I noticed like a pattern with um, some of the, the the doctrine. It was like I noticed that um, like the number 46 was coming up over and over again. Like, um, you know, the 46 um, um, people with um, Tammuz that did, did plagiarization. Chromosomes. And, yeah, that that, like that. 46 dynasties. Uh-huh, yeah. I was That's trying to figure Egyptian out. That's an Egyptian figure. I mean, I'm just, you know, is it more to that, those, those three yes. questions? Yes, no, not more to the words, it's more to the number. Uh, <laughs> Egyptians were in numerology. Okay. 46 is really, not 46 in Egyptian, it's 4 and, and 6. Uh-huh. And 4 represented the four elements, earth, water, and fire. Okay. Or wind and wind fire. fire. And 6 represented the mark of a papis. A papis uh-huh. was the Egyptian way of saying Satan. Okay. Right, and that was his mark of identity in time. And his cycles worked in sixes. Our cycles work in nine. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But four was the marking point of the universe, the four corners of the universe, and it represents the four elements that we identify with okay. as incarnated beings. So that each number you read in Egypt, when you see a number like 72, uh-huh. you say seven and two. And you look into the Egyptian mysteries, as to what deities moved into, and you come up with Osiris or Asaru and Asit or Isis. And you say, okay, what deities moved in fives? And you get the names of the five deities. Mm-hmm. What deities moved in six? And you'll see a pattern there in the Egyptian mysteries that tell a story about us. Okay. You follow? Which yeah. will be explained thoroughly in the in order. There's a new order okay. in existence now. Breaks down the whole, all the secret mysteries. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Um, the, oh, the red and blue star? Right. That. You look to the north uh-huh. when Venus comes into play and you see a, a, a red star beside it. Okay. And Venus comes across as bluish green. Uh-huh. Right? Those are signs of the alignment. Okay. Alignment that I didn't come up with. I must say that because these people are giving me the credit of being a person who used May 5th, 2000 as the alignment. And I didn't come up with that. Someone else was talking. There's a book out called May 5th, 2000 that I did not write. But they don't want to say 
a white man wrote it, because in case it don't happen, they'll say, I wrote it. But now that the alignment four of the planets, or five now, are lined up, now they're starting to put in all the newspapers, and they don't want to say I had nothing to do with it no more. Um, I just have two questions. Um, One, the sister down there was speaking about um, as far as dreams were concerned. Uh, I seem to be, I never used to, like, remember my dreams, but I seem to be having redundant dreams of me and my son just running away, like, um, every other night, and I just want to ask that. First of all, there's a variety of different kind of dreams that people have. Some dreams are visions, right? Some dreams are messages. There's a difference between a vision and a message. Because the message is for you and the vision is of something that's going to affect more than you. Some dreams are fears. Some dreams are movies that you write and design to hide and shelter other things that you are afraid of. Reoccurring dreams, as people call because remember dreams is a sister to death. There's a link between dreaming and dying. The same thing happens. When you, it's strange, y'all ask me sometimes questions that I was talking about all afternoon. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a dream? that was real, that felt real. If you didn't wake up, how would you know that it was a dream? If you can't answer that, then how do you know this is not the dream? And you're waiting to wake up. You, okay, by pinching yourself. You've never pinched yourself in a dream yet and got a reaction. Pinch yourself to make sure this ain't the dream, okay? Now, what I'm reaching at is reoccurring events are like a film that keeps, or record that keeps skipping. It's not solving itself. And that's why it's reoccurring. You've got to d- analyze it, find out in it the, the things that you added or coded in your dream so that you can dissect it and get to the root of it. And then and only then will it go away. Until you do that, it's going to keep reoccurring. It's a, it's a chip record in your life of time. Some event has stamped itself in your mind, in your subconscious mind, and you are preventing it from dissipating. You're not trying to solve it, in other words. And it'll just keep on tumbling until you go back, analyze the dream, each incident, each person, and see which people you might be replacing. Because oftentimes in dreams, we replace people with people we want it to be, or people we don't want it to be with another person's actions. The environment I'm in, was I ever there? When was I there? What led to me being there? You know what I'm saying? Is it a heartbreak situation? Is it a desertion thing? Was I deserted from a guy I love at that certain point, at a certain place? And I, and I reflected because around the corner was a store I used to go to. So now I dream around the corner, but my mind is really on this side. But I don't want to be on this side because that's where I was hurt. So I moved the dream to another place. And I replaced his face with somebody I'm now with. And I do this, you know what I'm saying? And that's how well the mind has been knitted to protect you against insanity. By the time a person goes insane, they're supposed to go insane. Because the brain is set up in a way that it will protect you against insanity. So you have to take that dream and write it down on paper and look at it. And dissect it as a place, the people involved. Then look back at yourself. How am I dressed? Why am I dressed this way? Who is in the dream with me? Why are they in the dream? Is it a kid or is it an adult? What are we doing? Walking? Are we running? Are we driving? Whose car are we in? Why that car? Are we driving too fast? Then you might remember being the driving with a person in the car that was driving too fast, who had too much authority, and you didn't want to say nothing, but you felt afraid. You stored that fear in your subconscious mind, and it waited for the rest of a puzzle that can project itself. It wasn't enough to portray itself, so it stays in the subconscious mind. And then another incident happens where someone raises their hand at you, right, and almost hits you, and you duck. 
right? And that stores itself. Later on, you're in a vehicle and somebody swings their hand at you in a dream. You've taken these two incidents and made them one. To rid yourself of it, all dreams is trying to do is keep you from storing waste information. So you dream it out of your existence. You follow? Because every time you dream, you sit back and analyze it right, you'll find out it relates to things taking place in your life at the moment. Within that last 72 hours, if you really add them up right. You follow? You've got to grasp what's taking place around you now that they've come to the realization that they can no longer contain you in that container. That the content of your character is overflowing the container. The container being the physical body or hat. And the content of you is overflowing. Like it says, by cup runneth over. You're overflowing now with information. You got questions that don't even meet up to the knowledge that he has put out yet. You're ahead of him in time and space. You want to know what happens when I die? Do I die? What is death? Is, do, am I going to go to heaven? Is there heaven? Do I go? Is it here? Is it there? And they can't answer these things for you. So not only is it happening in the church, but it's also happening on the college campuses. And it's also happening in the high schools. And now the junior high school kids are coming in with questions. So there's a worldwide acknowledgement that is not out front in knowledge. Because they have too many things they can't answer. You follow? So it's very difficult for the sacred societies, Freemasons, Shriners, Knights of Columbus, Alhambra, which all go into the Illuminati to continue to propagate this hypocritical light concept without giving answers. Because people have walked across the arch or the threshold of a past master and still know nothing. They've traveled through the degrees, traveled from west to east and east to west, and still know nothing. But they're waiting with each last Thursday in the month at the lodge, thinking that this is the time we're going to learn that secret. Then they spend 35 to 50 of their years waiting and don't hear no secret. Because they don't have any secrets. There's nothing to give them. So the esoteric world, the secret society fails. You follow that? And they force the kids to disrespect God by taking a kid who's suspected as being a criminal, putting him on a stand, and then putting a Bible under his hand and expect the same kid who's suspected as being a criminal to tell the truth. Just by putting the Bible there is blasphemy. By putting it in front of a criminal and say, put your hand on this Bible. Expect them to tell the truth when they're there because they did something wrong. You see what I'm saying? Their system is over. The rule of the devil, and the devil has been ruling this world for 6,000 years. His rule is over. Now what people would love to feel is that tomorrow we get up and there won't be no devil. No. You know why? Because the reason why your container is overflowing is because you have diluted your contents with the devil's character. We 
are keeping the devil powerful. We have taken him into us. And he lives in us, in our desires to be other than ourselves. You hear me? In us wanting to live in his image and after his likeness and not in the image of the likeness of the what? No, no, no. I breathed into man a brother life and man became a living. You don't want to be a soul. <laughs> you want to be a body. You want to adorn the body. In other words, you want to take the container or the vessel called the body and you want to satisfy it, decorate it, feed it. But the content in the container has already been tilted or tinted with shaitan or satan or abbas or any name that you want to call diabolos, bragos, all the Greek, whatever name you use, this malicious being is now moving in me and you and coerces us to do his bidding. He gets us to make fun of our own, to laugh at people, to steal. He gets us to smoke cigarettes and poison our body, to damage the vessel. And when one of us damages the content, all of us are damaged. Because the content is the same even if the vessel takes on different shapes. All of the containers here have different shapes. All y'all look different. But the content in the container of all of us, soul, essence, God, is the same. So when one soul is damaged, all souls are damaged. That's why he asked him, are you your brother's keeper? And he said, I'm not my brother's keeper. When in fact, I am my brother's keeper. Because as my brother falls, I fall. Humanity falls. Let me tell you something, just to jump away from it. Animals on the planet reach a certain point where they become what they call extinct. Correct? Now, that means that that animal has lived the full potential or lived the utmost of its life. Its existence has now expired and nature, it doesn't want it to breathe anymore. And, that, not, I don't, and I say that, I don't mean that as simply as a sound. When I say nature doesn't want that animal to breathe that's now extinct like the bald eagle, it doesn't want that animal that takes in oxygen and gives off a poison substance, that animal's physical composition and what comes out of it should not exist anymore because it'll infringe upon other animals in the chain of life. Try to bear with me what I'm saying. Alright? If an animal is supposed to disappear, it's because God wants that animal to disappear. And if man step in and prolong the life of that animal, man is taking the ecology and making it imbalanced. Because that animal is not supposed to be here anymore. No it's not supposed to breathe anymore. That's how God planned it. But Caucasians will go out there and try to save animals. And while they're saving the animals, they're interfering with the ecology. And they're wondering why all this other stuff is happening here. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. <laughs> the last strain on all existing animals is the bleach gene. <laughs> I know some of y'all might want to lie. I ain't going to let y'all lie. 
I know all y'all have seen rats. And I don't just mean on television. Come on, y'all now. Y'all have seen rats in the house. Run across the floor. You have never seen a white rat run across your living room floor. No, you didn't. You have never seen a white deer running across your yard. You ain't seen a white snake until recently. There wasn't no white lions. And every time they get a white snake, they go, look, a white snake. And they show that white snake in every movie they can. When they get a white lion, they take them to Las Vegas and show everybody, look, a white lion. Correct? And when a white buffalo was born a couple of years ago, all the Native Americans said, oh, a white buffalo, a special symbol. So it was special for a white thing to be born out of species that were naturally brown, gray, and dark colored. He was unique because he didn't belong there. That's the only reason why the white lion is so important. Because when you see a white lion, you say, lions are not their color. Where did you come from? And they'll prove to you that that is a defective chromosome, an albino gene. You with me? Well, talk to me about something important. Yes. Rabbi, um, first of all, I want to say how glad I am to be in your presence. My pleasure for you to be here. And um, secondly, I have two questions. One question is, I recently lost my mother. Um, we buried her three weeks ago, this uh, Saturday, today. And um, I've, uh, I experienced a horrific scene with her. She died of cancer. And I wondered why I had to actually be there and see her go through this till her last breath. Okay. Um, secondly, um, since I've become a member of the Holy Tab in the Order, uh, I'm having problems sleeping at night, and I've tried different things to try to build up my uh, psychic self-defense. Yes. Um, but I'm not sure that it's working, and I wondered what this was that was bothering me. It's like um, a hot thing or something that hoovers over or tries to touch me. I don't know what that is. Okay. So I said if I ever was in your presence, you I was going to ask you that. <laughs> That's something I talk about all the time. I talk to people about death, funerals, coffins, because they have a system in this society where they want you to remember the people you love in their worst state. That's why they set up hospitals, which doesn't have nothing to do, as I said many times, with curing, but just being hospitable. They want you to see the person. I'm going to tell you something. If you can remember anyone in your family that's past, that you didn't see dead, you'll remember them alive. And they will live alive in you forever. In our culture, in ancient Tamare, Egypt, once the person died, as they call it, they had an embalming ceremony where the relatives and the friends never saw the person until the whole ritual was over. And the next time they saw them, they saw a gold, bronze, copper, or wood, depending on how rich they was, replica of them as beautiful and more lustrous as the great sun rod that we worshipped. You understand what I'm saying? So they never saw them dead in order for them to stare, leave that impression in your mind that period of regression. Now each stage of that stays with you and haunts you. You follow what I'm saying? But you have got to. You've got to step over that 
and go back to when she was healthy. You got to get in there. Don't cut me off there. I heard you cut me off. Don't cut me off inside. You got to go back there and you got to remember incidents. You got to have a treasure chest of things in your life that you had with your mother, very special things that makes you remember her embracing you or giving you that first doll or something on Christmas or something that was special when you fell and get that picture and meditate on that image over and over again. Every time the other image comes to your mind, you ride over it with that new image so you replace it in your subconscious mind. Eventually the other image will fade away and all you remember is the good and you see her standing there and you will have resurrected her to live eternally in your heart. You hear me? Now, as far as things haunting you in your sleep, what a lot of people don't understand is disembodied souls roam this planet because they're trapped here because they were too material. And when they passed, they couldn't get out. And they have to stay here until they fuse out and they use people's life and they keep channeling through people and this is how they prolong their stay on this plane. Right? Oftentimes, we go into a state referred to as sleep paralysis when we're very rested, but we can't go directly into slumber. So we go into a semi-slumber state. We think we're awoke, but we are paralyzed and conscious. And this is the best avenue or best plane from which these beings can touch you. Your father, what defends you is a serum in your body called adrenaline. It repels them because it blocks the blood. Because when the person becomes afraid, their body goes into a defense. And the white corpuscles, white blood cells, and red blood cells get ready to defend the body. And it calls on the telephone and speaks to the inner chamber of the blood and says, hemoglobin, call the plasma and tell them to get ready. I'm serious. And it takes a message, and this is the nerve system, which has a link to the brain and has its own intelligence center, sending all these messages that something is about to happen. The first thing it does is it sends up a serum that shoots into the dermis, just above the epidermis, the lowest layer of skin, and it creates little bumps on the body. That's called fair bumps. They raise. They are creating a defense or a cushion against an attack. We're not as strong as we were when we keloid. So we create this little, and the hair sits up. This is a defense mechanism that human beings have in them. But if something is strong enough to penetrate the skin, then the message is, go there and knit that back together. And the white corpuscles race against the red corpuscles. The red corpuscles are full of a breath so they move faster so you bleed first and then the white corpuscles get around form pus form a clot called a scab from the hemoglobin the oxygen and then the plasma and it starts to knit you up you follow me? there's a link between you and that blood and those disembodied souls who can get to the blood to breathe that's why they try to possess people for the blood that's why in all their spooky movies, Dracula wants the blood. In all the St. Tonic so-called churches, it's always a blood sacrifice. In the ancient scriptures, they're cutting up goats and giving blood. And God smells the sweet savor of the burning offering, the blood on the altar. These disembodied souls feel connected to the blood. You hear what I'm saying? 
So when you go into that state of sleep paralysis, beings are trying to get you. It has nothing whatsoever to do with joining other than the fact that you probably said, this happened when I started joining. And he goes, yeah, that's when it started happening. It starts creating, it becomes a reality. You're looking for a solution so that you can get rid of it. If you go back to when it started happening, trace them who you came in contact with, did you move rooms, did you change the direction you sleep in, anything, start putting the piece together, you'll see where it really came in at. Beings are trying to get to you. Now here's the best part about it. If they could, they would have. If they could have gotten you, they would have done it by now. They're waiting for you to get weaker and weaker. And by not sleeping, your body becomes weaker and weaker. And your resistance gets weaker and weaker. And they think they can pounce down them. You follow what I'm saying? But they can't. Unless you let them in. That's why they tell you Dracula can't get in the house unless you invite him. In every movie. See, they can't get in unless you invite them. And they're trying to weaken you to fear of the unknown, the lack of sleep, until you say, something help me. Anybody help me. And they'll knock right on that door and walk in. Overcome them. Stay up until you fall out. And you'll be asleep. In other words, don't go to bed. I'm not going to bed. You understand what I'm saying? Let me go another way for you. There's another avenue here. This is another whole channel of people who they can't sleep. There's a fluorescent light. It's called daylight. What might be happening also is your body rhythms might be out. In other words, there are people that are night people. And they stay up at night and they sleep in the day. There's a solution to that. They have to take and put on a daylight in a room with them during the night until they can transform the night till the day and then their body rhythm will change people who take on night jobs and stuff like that eventually train their body to stay up at night you understand what I'm saying? there's lights you can buy, a fluorescent light, not incandescent, fluorescent light that's daylight and you train yourself by sitting in front of that light and even though it's night it'll appear day to you and eventually your body rhythm will start to change that's another approach because I, I can't tell you which one it is. It could either be bad sleeping habits or it can be beings trying to weaken you. I'd like to lean on the second. You follow what I'm saying? What were you going to say? I was just saying that, you know, what I'm saying of all out, I'm saying saying up she fall out, that I have to stay up with her. And that puts the strain on me. It's like I'm not asleep. It's like sometimes it's like something is like... You know, I can feel it. That's sleep paralysis. Then. then you're in a state of sleep. She's in a state of sleep paralysis. That's all it is. It's a form of being sleep and awoke at the same time. You're caught in between. But you may have to put yourself through that stress because you love her. You're right? It's enough days for her to catch her rhythm again. That's what love is about. It's about sacrifice. You may have to. I know you got to go to work, but you may have to put that strain in the hard work and yarn to get her system back in place. I mean, that's not too hard to do, is it? But let's do it. <laughs> if you want to investigate, but look up sleep paralysis. Read up on sleep paralysis. All right? Yes. Um, I want to ask you about um, 
999 is that is that got something to do with the Y2K or is there something going to happen on it? Um, 9999 is really mathematical figure 9 to the ninth power of 9. But when we write it out, people usually say 999. It's 9 to the ninth power of 9. That's the largest figure that you can calculate because the highest number is 9. Anything else, any numbers above 9 are compound numbers. Meaning 11 is a compound of two ones. 12 is a compound of a one and two. They're not numbers. They're compound figures. So nine is the highest number. We have two figures of death and destruction that pertains to the beast. And his was 6666. That was when he, last time the devil came into power on earth. And that was up in uh, 72nd Street when he incarnated through Pope Paul VI. P, P, 6, appears an inverted 6. You follow that? And then we have our own 999, ninth month, ninth day of 1999, which is the end of the devil's rule. Those two figures are there. In Freemasonry, they hide behind the sacred number of the sacred names of Ra and say he has 69 names. You follow what I'm saying? That 69 names is symbolic of 6 and 9, 6 ether, 9 ether. Nine ether in death becomes ghost in six ether. Six ether in death becomes nothingness. When Caucasians die, unless they are given a soul, like it says, he restoreth my soul. So the, you can have your soul removed and you can have your soul restored. Unless their soul is restored, they dissipate into nothingness. You follow? That's what happens with six ether, inverted nine. Um, I got three questions. All right. Um, yeah, four. The first one was a question. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I was listening to a tape, and uh, I heard you say um, something about a red and blue star coming together, and I didn't know what that represented. That was just one question. Um, another one is I was noticing that we dealing a lot with, um, you know, like microorganisms and stuff like that, you know, in the, in the books, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, that's that's kind of a little bit different from some of the things that we usually did. And so another, did. <coughs> that means, or that I usually read in, okay, in our back in our old books, the book called Science of Creation. Uh -huh. I was breaking down microorganisms back in 1970. Oh, okay. So that's not, it's not new to me. It's new, well, young to me, me. It's just catching up with it. Yeah. Okay. A lot of things I'm teaching today, <clears throat> I taught back. I wrote books. Back in 1967, under Amanubi or Akhtar. Mm. It's on archives in Washington. People didn't even know I wrote them. About okay. Egypt back then. Uh -huh. Okay, and, and the last one was, uh, I, I was just doing, you know, from my old books, I just went back and I was studying them, you know, over again. And I noticed like a pattern with um, some of the, the, the doctrine. It was like, I noticed that, um, like the number 46 was coming up over and over again. Like, um, you know, the 46... Um, um, people with uh, Tammuz that did, did plagiarization. Chromosomes. And, yeah, that that, like that. And 46 just, dynasties. Uh-huh, yeah. I was That's trying to figure Egyptian out. That's an Egyptian figure. I mean, I'm just, you know, is it more to that, those, those three yes. questions? Yes. No, not more to the words, it's more to the number. Uh, uh, Egyptians were in numerology. Okay. 46 is really, not 46 in Egyptian, it's 4 and, and 6. Uh -huh. And 4 represented the 4 elements. Earth, water, and fire. Okay. Or wind and wind fire. fire. And six represented the mark of a papist. A papist uh -huh. was the Egyptian way of saying Satan. Okay. Right? And that was his mark of identity and time. And his cycles worked in sixes. Our cycles work in nine. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But four was the marking point of the universe, the four corners of the universe, and they represent the four elements that we identify with okay. as incarnated beings. So the, each number you read in Egypt, when you see a number like 72, uh-huh. you say seven and two. And you look into the Egyptian mysteries as to what deities moved in two, and you come up with Osiris or Asaru and Asit or Isis. And you say, okay, what deities moved in fives? And you get the names of the five deities. Mm-hmm. What deities moved in six? And you'll see a pattern there in the Egyptian mysteries to tell a story about us. Okay. You follow? Which yeah. will be explained thoroughly in the in order. There's a new order okay. in existence now. Breaks down the whole, all the secret mysteries. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh, the, oh, the red and blue star? Right. That. You look to the north uh-huh. when Venus comes into play and you'll see a, a, a red star beside it. Okay. And Venus comes across as bluish green. Uh-huh. Right? Those are signs of the alignment. Okay. Alignment that I didn't come up with. I must say that because these people are giving me the credit of being a person who used May 5th, 2000 as the alignment. And I didn't come up with that. Someone else was talking. There's a book out called May 5th, 2000 that I did not write. But they don't want to say a white man wrote it. Because in case it don't happen, <laughs> they'll say I wrote it. But now that the alignment for the planet, or five now, are lined up. Now they're starting to put it in all the newspapers, and they don't want to say I had nothing to do with it no more. Um, yes. I just have two questions. Um, one, the sister down there was speaking about um, as far as dreams were concerned. Uh, I seem to be, I never used to like remember my dreams, but I seem to be having redundant dreams of me and my son just yes, running sir. away like um, every other night, and I was just want to ask that. First of all, there's a variety of different kind of dreams that people have. Some dreams are visions. Right? Some dreams are messages. There's a difference between a vision and a message. Because the message is for you and a vision is of something that's going to affect more than you. Some dreams are fears. Some dreams are movies that you write and design to hide and shelter other things that you are afraid of. Reoccurring dreams, as people call because remember dreams is a sister to death. There's a link between dreaming and dying. The same thing happened when you, it's strange, y'all ask me sometimes questions that I was talking about all afternoon. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had a dream that was real, that felt real? If you didn't wake up, how would you know that it was a dream? And if you can't answer that, then how do you know this is not the dream? And you're waiting to wake up. You, okay, by pinching yourself. You've never pinched yourself in a dream yet and got a reaction. Pinch yourself to make sure this ain't the dream. Okay? Now, what I'm reaching at is reoccurring events are like a film that keeps, or a record that keeps skipping. It's not solving itself. And that's why it's reoccurring. You've got to analyze it, find out in it the, the things that you added or coded in your dream so that you can dissect it and get to the root of it. And then and only then will it go away. Until you do that, it's going to keep reoccurring. It's a, it's a chip record in your life of time. Some event has stamped itself in your mind, in your subconscious mind, and you are preventing it from dissipating. You're not trying to solve it, in other words. And it'll just keep on tumbling until you go back, analyze the dream, each incident, each person, and see which people you might be replacing. Because oftentimes in dreams, we replace people with people we want it to be or people we don't want it to be with another person's actions. The environment I'm in, was I ever there? When was I there? What led to me being there? You know what I'm saying? Is it a heartbreak situation? Is it a desertion thing? Was I deserted from a guy I love? 
at that certain point, at a certain place, and I, and I reflected because around the corner was a store I used to go to, so now I dream around the corner, but my mind is really on this side, but I don't want to be on this side because that's where I was hurt, so I moved the dream to another place, and I replaced his face with somebody I'm now with, and I do this, you know what I'm saying? And that's how well the mind has been knitted to protect you against insanity. By the time a person goes insane, they're supposed to go insane. Because the brain is set up in a way that it will protect you against insanity. So you have to take that dream and write it down on paper and look at it. And dissect it as a place, the people involved. Then look back at yourself. How am I dressed? Why am I dressed this way? Who is in the dream with me? Why are they in the dream? Is it a kid or is it an adult? What are we doing? Walking? Are we running? Are we driving? Whose car are we in? Why that car? Are we driving too fast? Then you might remember being driving with a person in the car who was driving too fast, who had too much authority, and you didn't want to say nothing, but you felt afraid. You stored that fear in your subconscious mind, and it waited for the rest of a puzzle that can project itself. It wasn't enough to portray itself, so it stays in the subconscious mind. And then another incident happens where someone raises their hand at you, right, and almost hits you, and you duck, right? And that stores itself. Later on, you're in a vehicle, and somebody swings their hand at you in the dream. You've taken these two incidents and made them one. To rid yourself of it, all dreams is trying to do is keep you from storing waste information. So you dream it out of your existence. You follow? Because every time you dream, you sit back and analyze it right, you'll find out it relates to things taking place in your life at the moment. Within that last 72 hours, if you really add them up right. You follow? We will continue with the man of the hour. Dr. Malachi Z. York, the reformer for this day and time, right after these messages on WGAG Radio. Do you think you got what it takes to host your own radio show? Hell yeah! Here is your chance to become a radio host on the hottest, fastest, growing radio network on the planet. Isn't WGAG Radio? You already know WGAG Radio is opening their radio waves to you, but you got plenty of opportunities to make some money with this. As a WGAG Radio host, you get to make a substantial amount of unlimited income by getting sponsors for your show. Just a small investment of $30 can get you started. Say what? You heard it. It's just as low as $30 a month. Start making money today with WGAG Radio. What's the number? Call 706-468-2319 or email WGAGRadio at gmail.com. Y'all hear that? That sounds like opportunity knocking to me. Look at the air. Look at the People always debate it. Who's the greatest player of all time? Dumb question. It should be who's the greatest team of all time. WGAG Radio. Sorry, Showtime. WGAG Radio. Back to back. WGAG Radio. First three P. WGAG Radio. Even with the flu. WGAG Radio. No push off. WGAG Radio. And my favorite. Tough to beat that. What? You think there's someone else? Prove it. Look at the air. Look at the hand. You 
catch my girl legs open, better smash that. Don't be surprised if she asks where the cash shit. Let's talk about what they don't want you to talk about. On the Donna Coleon Show, Rock Talk Radio, Monday through Friday, 12 noon, Eastern Standard Time. Or jointhegossip.com. Now welcome back to the man of the hour. Say he was an Aramean, what they used in the Tanakh is the word Syrian. 
But if you look into the Hebrew of it, you'll find the word Aramian, of Aram from Genesis 10. So all these people were speaking one of the dialects that was given to man. You with me? And so he would have been speaking to Abraham before Abraham became a Hebrew. The word Hebrew simply Ibrit means, or in Arabic Ebra, means to cross from one place to another. To cross over the tide with Euphrates. He was going to the furthest point of our land. When I say our land, let me make myself clear. That's a long story from Moses High to bring it down some more. Our land extended from the other side of the Persian Gulf coming westward all the way to California. Yes, Paul? There was no Red Sea or Reed Sea. Right? Bahra, because Bahra Ahmed. There was none there. There was no Atlantic Ocean. Continental drift and continent drift resulted in land masses moving. Thus, there was no Africa. There was no separation called South America. All those pieces of land, when pushed back together, will give you one bland spot of water in the center. And that bland spot today is off the coast of what they call Bermuda. You with me? Was all was all part of what they what they ancient called the Yucatan. Beneath the Bermuda is now what they refer to as the Bermuda Triangle. A magnetic field. That was the capital of our kingdom. That was, took place in Sumer and Egypt and this land, the land of the frogs, some call it a maxim. From the word Mexico. That's just one of the names. All that was called Genoa. Genoa is what we call it. And we sectioned it off in the park based on the people of Avea. I don't want to go too far from most high, so I'll come back around that far later. So when Abraham taught, started his journey, he encountered a man who the Bible cannot account for genealogy. A man called Melchizedek. The man is also mentioned in Moses' time. The man is also mentioned in the book of Hebrews in Jesus' time as being after the order of Melchizedek. This was, of course, an incarnated being. We do believe in reincarnation and incarnation. Now, Muslims will tell you they don't believe in reincarnation. Christians will tell you they don't believe in reincarnation. Right? But then they'll tell you, Jesus died, went to heaven, and he's coming back. <laughs> Talk to me then. That's not reincarnation, what is it? Jesus died, went to heaven, and came back. Lazarus died, went into a tomb, was wrapped, buried, spiked. Jesus came three and a half days later and called Lazarus back to life. Back in the same cardinal, cardinal body. What is that? That re-in-cardinal body. Reincarnation. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so we have a being, Melchizedek, 
<laughs> who reincarnates from body to body. He comes at a crucial time amongst his own. <clears throat> Raised up for you from amongst, from amongst you. But the key word in that last one was out of the east unto the west. You with me? Right. Now, certain groups of people would like to make you think their leader or their teacher is that man when they were born here in America. Make it plain. Whether it be San Diego, Georgia, or North Carolina, or Jamaica, West Indies, and I've named three prominent brothers who I love dearly. They were all born here. And I had to, I had to do this book, <laughs> postgraduate lesson. I had to do this book, Chef Daoud versus Master W.D. Fogg. Because they at one point were saying that this man, Master Farad Muhammad, Fahd Muhammad, Fahd Muhammad, Fahd Muhammad, Farid Muhammad, or whatever way they want to spell his name, was the most high amongst you, the wisest amongst you. And because they said he came from the east, he started to fit the mold of the prototype that would come to save his people, or save those which were lost. But it says in Matthew, you'll come out of the east unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. He'd be born there and come here. I was born in Nubia, tried and proved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the Muslims call upon, while we were in the school of Islam, and I'll address that just if I can put me in a position where I was the most hated, dark-skinned, olive-toned, Islamic teacher in America. I was the most criticized. I was the most critiqued. They were asking me questions about who makes up my bed. <laughs> who cuts the lettuce in the pot in my house for myself? Where is my mother? Who is my mother? Where is my father? Who is my father? Where were you born? When did you take your shahada? How long have you been a Muslim? Are you Sudanese? Are you American? Are you Dr. Yossi Disco Singer? Are you Imam Asa? Are you Rabboni Yeshua? Do you call yourself Christ? Do you say you are God? Questions, they didn't dare ask any of the other leaders. I ain't never heard nobody yet ask Mr. Louis Farrakhan about his private life. But me, I was put to test, tried and proven. And I had to prove it by producing documents. So the Sunni Muslims went out and said, oh man, we know him. That's Dr. York. His name is uh, Dwight. He was born in Brooklyn somewhere. <laughs> we remember that guy. So I went on back to Sudan. Melody. Wahudu. Shahadadi. Whatever and got my birth certificate. Had to go back to the files and hunt it down. 
Because I was born in 1945 when they did everything by hand. There was no computers. I can't tell you what I had to go through the Hall of Records. But as an entourage, the most recognized clan in Sudan, it made it easy. And when Sayyid Sadiq, the Prime Minister standing beside me, it made it a little easier than what it cost you. You follow? So I went and got the birth certificate and I printed a book and I said, here's my birth certificate. End the book. Oh, he made that up. They got the seal of Sudan on it. He got the signature of the man who approved it. When I had to get to get a photo of that copy, not giving you the original, he gave you with a seal. Oh, he made that up. I know, then I know a brother named Lukman, who was in state in 19, what is it? 65 or 55, when he took his Shahada, I was there. I had to go into the files of records and checked out, was dead now. Had to get back in touch with Mother Khadija's wife at the Islamic Mission of America, 140 feet in Brooklyn, and get inside the files and pull out my identification card. Can you say that? And it shows June 12th, 19. 57, Chef Dow gave me my card. Most of the guys who were asking me the questions were babies at the time, breastfeeding. <laughs> when I was in State Street, under a Moroccan born Chef Daoud, as we call it. Born in Morocco. No, they say Chef Daoud was born in the Caribbean. That's why I put these books up. But he gave me the information. Because I had to establish in this latter day and time who the Most High is amongst us. That Most High is like the Freemasons say the highest degree of information. In the Islamic world they say the Imam is the smartest person in the mosque who knows the most Quran and in their case the most Hadith or Sunnah who's best at fit. Sharia, a bunch of nice fancy Arabic words. Whoever knows the most becomes the Imam of Imams, which would make him the highest of the Imams. The Grand Master, the Grand Potentate, becomes the highest figure in the Lodge under the G, which stands for the Grand Architect of the Universe. And the Grand Master who stands in the lodge with two seats beside him and sits on that throne becomes a representative to you of God himself in person. That's why they call him what? The Grand Master of the lodge. So the Most High has to verify, to prove that they have what? The most knowledge. The most wisdom and the most understanding to give you an understanding. <laughs> Not just knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I saw knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I heard knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. And I listened to knowledge, wisdom, and understanding being taught to my people for years. And I thought it was necessary. Because it is necessary to go to kindergarten before you go to the university. Right. It was all necessary. You follow? But to verify the existence of the Most High to you and to me is a board trip. 
You want it? Yes, sir. Come on, Stand up, please. You got the names, Elyun and Adi, right? And Anu. The board should start with three levels. This is level three, two, and level one. This level here is Earth. I'm sorry. This level here is sea. This is earth. And what is this for me? God. You want to say heaven, I know. <laughs> the word heaven is a Latin word, haven. It also implies a docking point in a marina. This is why in Islam, the first thing that was said to Muhammad 400 years ago was, Ya Muhammad, Iqra. Iqra, read. The first thing you find in the book of St. John is, in the beginning was the word. And the first thing that happens in Genesis is a conversation. They don't understand. The key to unlocking all your problems is in language. And all the leaders won't take time to master the language. Something is key. We're going to check this one. Know what I mean? Now, in ancient Egypt, we have Shum. Right? We have Get. And we have Nun. With that, that, that's the deity of the skies, the deity of the earth, and the deity of the underworld, which becomes in, when, when the uh, Greeks stole it and changed Thachis, which is Thoth, over to Hermes, they also changed all the names. And they changed this one here to Zeus, this one here, the earth, uh, I'm sorry, the sea to Poseidon, and the earth which they call the earth Hades. Hades, which is the word they use for hell, so the deities in the sky, and Poseidon, the deity beneath the water. You with me? If you want to walk it now, I'll walk you right across the desert. <laughs> if you want to walk it, but, but, but it's work. And, and I want you to try to prove it wrong. Alright? I can take this out in many cultures and give you many different names. But that would lose you and waste time. What I want to take you to is the reality that every culture and all cultures acknowledge this state here, the Most High. The Greeks call it Theos. That's the word in your Bible, in Greek, for God. Theos. And it's running synonymous with Elohim, the way they use it. Because they have Kurios also, for Lord. You got that? It's Theos. That's the Greeks. The Elohim is the more modern version taken from Nephilim, Hebrew word Nephilim, to come down, Genesis 6. The Nephilim, as, as it be called, Nephilim. Or the word Jabbar, from Jabalim, from Gebor, from the mighty ones, also used in there, where the word algebra comes from, which goes back and forth with some sort of inner Torah in Genesis chapter 6 as Gibor. So, so, not, so God did not invent algebra, who was just some Muslim. 
All that happened before Islam. Most of the time when Muslims are telling you about the accomplishments of Muslims, they're talking about pre-Islamic times. They say mathematics was created by Muslims. The cycle was created by Muslims. They're talking about so-called Arabs before the coming of Muhammad. So it had nothing to do with Islam. It had to do with the Arabs who lived in Arabia before Muhammad was even born. Muslims, since they've been here, hasn't invented nothing but terrorism and confusion. Because the religion of Islam confines the mind to the Quran and Hadith. It doesn't open up for science. I taught Islam for 25 years. And I attended Lord of Arabia Futha, what Delijatidine, Dalibodi, when Aula, English. That was my name before English. So these teachers don't have a clue of what's really going on. I can start anywhere you want. But everybody recognizes the Netjiru. The Egyptians, the Nephilim, the so-called Hebrews, you follow that? The Pharaohs, the Greeks, the Malaika, the Arabic, the angelic beings, or heavenly hosts. You understand? And those beings descended down to earth. When they got here, they came here in what's referred to as a ru'ah or a ruhr in a soul or spirit state, an etheric body. The essence of you when you look in a mirror long enough and you realize you're looking from the inside out at your body. If you don't believe me, try it. Stand in the mirror and stand and look at yourself and keep talking to yourself and you'll get a realization that the real you is on the inside looking out. This body is a bacteria that plaguing the soul, the essence of you. In your Bible it says, man, what? I shake man who dust the ground and breathe into the breath of life and man became a? The living part of you is called Nefesh Hayim or Hayat, the life force. Language is key here. You understand me? So you descended down. But before you came down, the beings from above, on high, Anu, in Numa'inish, went on high, said, if you stay on earth too long, you're going to lose contact with your divinity. You're going to become lured by the attraction of this physical world. You understand? So two schools of thought exist. The greater and the lesser mysteries. You stay with me? Here we go. The greater mysteries teach as Yeshua, Isa, Jesus, Sananda, Kamuz, whatever name you want to give them, whatever cult they get, that your path is back to the bosom of the Father. He says it. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father but by me. That he was merely the chauffeur to the Father. You follow that? But then he said, I am the Father all one. When you see me, you see the Father. And I am not greater than you. And you'll even do greater wonders than I. 
And I got to go prepare a place for you that where I may be, you may. So certain men, all women and all women, are destined for a journey from here back to the bosom of the Most High. And certain men and all women are destined to stay here and worship. Some beings are perfecting themselves to become God, and other beings will always worship God. People of the lesser mystery are the religious people. They worship God in spirit and in truth, away from themselves. People of the greater mysteries are like the uncut stone that's on that side, Ashla, that becomes cut to become a perfect stone. Become a part of the building block of the Most High place. You with me? All right. Some of you here are of the lesser mysteries, and some of you here are the higher mysteries. You have people who grab the higher mysteries and play games with them. I heard a brother say, and it threw me off a little bit. He said, um, Allah means I. So, L-A-L-L-A-H. Now, I heard the uh, 5% use it, and I know that they stole it from the Moorish Science Temple, whether they want to admit it or not. Right, me. But the sad thing of it is, is you want the truth or you want me to play the game with anybody else? Come on with it. Come on with it. I'm saying that because sometimes when you tell the truth, it's bitter to people. And they get mad at you, they don't really want to hear the whole truth. They want to hear what the man puts in books. And they got, they're real good at referring to white man books. Right. And quoting his books against anything a newbie has to say. Right. Right. But I'm taking you directly to the language so you can see it, so we can dispel this part of the spell right now. Right. Come on with it. You with me? Come on with it. This word is... Say it. Raos. I can write it with the Ali or I can write it with the Wa. Sava. Raos. And it means head in Arabic. This word is Zarur. Zarur. And it means arm in Arabic. This word is Rajul. Riddle. And it means leg in Arabic, the ancient language, as well as in Hebrew. Got it? Now, if we're saying we are Asiatics, right, and that the mother language was Arabic, correct? And then we make references to phrases like arm, leg, leg, arm, head, and saying that we are right and exact then that should match up in Arabic, not in English. A new language. Come on with it. English didn't even exist back right. then. So you grab an Arabic name, Allah, and add on English words, arm, leg, leg, arm, head, and sound head. You understand? The unification is here. The power to bring all those forces, all those incarnations into one being to come back out and solve the problem, whether you accept me or not. I'll tell you what I mean. That means the abbreviation of that one, Darul, for arm and Arabic is a vet, which is equivalent to a TH. 
And that is a ray or a ra, which is equivalent to an ara. And this would be another ara. And this one would be another th. And this would be another um, another ara. So the word is th ara ara th, not um um. <laughs> These type of teachings must be stopped. Not by force, but by fact. You've got to learn this. So when someone gets up in front of you and pretends to know something, you get that hold of them. That's not right now. That's good information. The kids might like it. It's kindergarten. You let kids in kindergarten play with toys and that time and change. You let them build blocks in a sense so they can build the blocks. But it's not that. And they say something like, Sam, I am, I am Sam. You say, well, okay, it's learning English. Now you walk down the street and say, Sam, I am, I am Sam. Nobody would understand what you're talking about. But that kindergarten level, so you let Dr. Zeus, Zeus, you see, get in there. <laughs> it doesn't frighten you. But now we are at the end of time when all the so-called great teachers have taught what they came to teach. They all have so-called finished what they say that everything the nation of Islam is going to teach has been taught. You understand? Everything that the good brother Noble Juali himself was here to teach has been taught. The same applies to the gods and the earth, Father, Senate, and etc. And as I watch with a keen eye, and all the teachings out there, I wait to hear that something new or that something special that would let me know that another God had incarnated. I want to hear things that would cue in that he is not or she is not trapped in the mind tetrahedron of persons, places, and things. And he's thinking outside of that realm which would tell me he's a visitor, not a resident. <laughs> he would do it a little differently. You understand me? I'll do it, but do it piece by piece. So this has got to go <laughs> as old information. I, self, Lord, and Master, I, Anna, Self, Ness, Lord, Rev, and what Master, Molan. Okay? I, this is an A, it's an Alif, it's not an I, which would come off as an I'm, as in the name Esau. Where they write I-S-A in their own books. Uh -huh. This is a different letter than the Arabic letter Ali. Just like in Hebrew, I write the Ali or I write the Ain. This is a privilege of the Ain and this is a privilege of Ali. Which, will, which I'll get into L and Al for the most high again if you need it. So again we have Anna I. Self, Ness, Lord, Rab, 
And that's not Lord in Arabic. Rabb comes from the word to sustain. There is no equivalent to L-O-R-D in Arabic. However, in Hebrew, we do have one. Baal. Baal, the Babylonian statue. Called Lord or Lord. You understand? And then Master, Molana. All that means is a teacher. So no, the word Islam does not break down to I felt Lord and Master. And you left the other A out in Arabic. Because the word is written like this in Arabic. And that's there in the second A. The Ali or Lam Ali. And the word comes from the root word, Salama, peace, not submission. Submission would be a new word created when they added a shadda to double the L, Salama. And if I pray on my brother, I say, Salama, do you surrender in a headlock? Oh, it could be the other way, he could have me in a headlock. He could go, in Arabic. Understand? And he would know I surrender. Well, you see what I'm telling you? These things things is what's keeping us back. These things is what's making the people out there not realize who their most high is today. In person. The wisest amongst you is to lead you to the Father. Not the wisest amongst you is the Father. I am not my father. I am of my father. I am not Jesus. I am not the Messiah. If I'm not Esau, don't let the Suez put that crap out there. They need that. So that's all they know. That's all they know what? That's all they know how to attack. <laughs> is the obvious. When I say I'm Melchizedek or not, or Melchizedek, the Muslims don't have a dialogue for that. So they can't address it, so they say, well, we know him as Dr. <laughs> they can't say, well, what's my way What's my way What's that Arabic? They don't know. Nebi Khidir. El Khidir. The green one. Then some Arabs say, oh, that's what he's talking about. No, he ain't that. <laughs> they say, what did that do? And how do you know that? You know what I'm And then that is blank. This must go. You with me? This is old information. This information was taught to you about us. You understand? Now, one of us is here to teach you what you're supposed to know about yourself. And I'll tell you how it happens and how it happens. It starts up here in another realm. The Quran calls it Ilyun. Muslims nowhere in any of their tafsir, which means explanations of the Quran, have been able to explain what that meant. They all evaded. Oh, it's a place where good records are kept. You say a place like in Makan, a place? And then you know, a place, Makan? So where is this place? It's in heaven. They want to go into mythology. 
And when you try to confine him to the fact of, so are you saying there is an Allah who was here on earth and created beings with the help of his angels, and then as the Quran says, he left the earth and he went into the heaven to sit on an ash, a throne? Can you do that with me? They go, yeah. So there is a throne somewhere in heaven where God sits on it? Yes, and God has a buttock to sit. <laughs> Blasphemy, they'll yell. But it's fact. You say God is in heaven? I say God is heaven. Because if God is in heaven, then heaven is bigger than God. You with me? And how could heaven be bigger than the law? But they'll say, who is the Noahic? He's in, he's inside the heavens. So if Allah, if Allah is inside the heavens, he's, who's the biggest? And Allah is inside the heavens, and the heavens must be bigger than Allah, then Allah is not to Akbar. Allah is Akbar, they say the greatest. That's not, that's not what the word translates. The word Akbar comes from the word Kabir, meaning big. The biggest. Or the oldest. So if Allah is Allahu Akbar, then He is the biggest and oldest. You can leave that off. You follow what I'm saying? And how could He therefore be in the heaven? How could Jesus' Father be in the heaven? Wouldn't He be the heaven? Wouldn't He be the all? Wouldn't all things be within Him and nothing outside? El Kalum. And you too should say, I am in the all. And all is in me, not and the all is in me. But I am a part of the all. The all is a part of me. That's what they're saying. That's taking you to the next level of divinity as a quantum existing being. You follow? All right. So now, these beings, according to your Bible, came down as we.